Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast, Episode 5. Five, five. A podcast about the people that play and all things gaming. Retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and anything else we think is fun and interesting. It's 15th of March 2018 and my name's Mark Bell. My name is Mr. Pansini. My name is Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be different every time, isn't it? This is just going to be a thing. Well, it's kind of become a thing now and I feel like... It has to keep being a thing. Yeah. Right. Okay, until it's not funny anymore. In fact, you could argue it's not already funny. (laughs) We'll never know because we don't know what reaction people are having. That's true. They could be switching off going, hurry up, talk about games. (laughs) We should just get a laugh track. (laughs) Oh, no, that'd be terrible. (laughs) Um, And on the subject of the feedback we get from people, Mm. we have none. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Shit. None this time. We started off on the with one feedback, then we had two, I think the last episode. Mm. Now we've got zero. Mm. But there was sort of a tiny bit of feedback in regards to um, one person just as he was passing during Pincade, which we'll talk about later, mm. saying, great pod- podcast, Mark, great work. And that was it. Wow. Yeah, so that's the feedback this well, week. It's a mystery. I really want to know who that person is. John Coulson. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's <laughs> it's nice. not a mystery once someone tells you. <laughs> um, so yeah, does he does he play things other than pinball? I don't know. I really don't know. So, if you're just a pinball person, I guess um, a lot of the content might be above your head. Mm. But I don't know. It's all gaming. So, yeah. True. Yeah. Well, it's funny how people seem to be coming out of the woodwork going, oh, I knew that game, I knew that game. Mm, yeah, that's right. You know, like, oh, really? You play games? I thought you were like a normal adult. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and the other thing that uh, came back to us, um, and this was from Mark Williams on the on the forum, Baker Snark MDW. He was talking about, remember we were talking about um, footbag? Mm. That hilarious term, footbag. Yeah. Um, the name of... Hacky sack in um, California games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was saying that the reason why they had to call it footbag was because um, there's this company called the Wemo Corporation or mm-hmm. something like that. They have the patent for both hacky sack and frisbee. Mm. So you're not allowed to actually call it frisbee and hacky sack. You need to come up with your own names. Hence, what do they call it in California games? Mm-hmm. Flying disc? Oh, uh, probably. Yeah. And I don't even remember bag. That. I feel like that was a later edition or something. I, I think not that. every version had yeah. every event. It mustn't have, because I don't remember that shit. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's interesting. And also, I find the term, as I keep saying, footbag hilarious. So I think it's better anyway. I think we've all come off better off from that. True. Yeah. And it's not linked to a corporate company. Exactly. Right, but... <laughs> If you, I mean, you got to take it back. If everybody uses it, uses the term, then... Well, except you get sued. Ah, I see. So it's like 
Yeah, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, but I get it. I get what you're saying. Let's take Hacky Sack back, man. Yeah. <laughs> Belongs to the people. Yeah. No footbag, <laughs> footbag. <laughs> uh, oh my God, we're going to start like two sides of the Hacky Sack footbag. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was really it from reader feedback. Um, there's been a lot of good talk on the forums, actually, just in general, not necessarily in regards to what's been happening on the podcast. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can people can always go to the forum and join the conversation. There's mm-hmm. lots going on, but yeah, just in regards to the last episode, not so much. So, but that's cool. I made lots of posts about things I'm excited about that are really silly and don't make it into the podcast. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, and uh, we picked up a, a new member on the forum, Thrax, mm-hmm. who, throughout discussing with him on the forum, we found out is our old friend Anthrax from the Newcastle Gamer League days. Um, he didn't know either. We didn't know, and then just through the course of conversation, we realised we knew each other from eighteen years ago, yeah. something like that. Um, and he's got his own podcast and he's got his own website and he's mm-hmm. been going for like 50-something episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really about uh, preserving the history of the gamer culture in Newcastle, which mm. I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great that we get to talk with him and I'm going to go through my archives, see what I can find and just send it all off to him because I've got a bunch of stuff, mm. photos and... Like websites I used to do back in the Newcastle days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll send all that over to him. But yeah, it's funny how you meet these people again mm. out of nowhere. He posted a link to, uh, I think it was on his website with a photo album from old, um, mm. from old an old LAN or probably multiple. And even though I mean I think you guys must have been in there somewhere, although I couldn't spot you. Yeah, we were um, there. <laughs> but I was just looking through those photos and it was awesome like I even though it's got nothing to do with me just seeing the sea of CRTs yeah. and like the effort that everyone went to because I guess in those days when we didn't have broadband the only way to really have a big game was to do a LAN yep. and uh, the pizza boxes like pictures oh, of yeah people standing next to like towers of pizza yeah, boxes eight foot tower of pizza boxes and, yeah it just looks like looked like everyone was just having a great time yeah and brought back some awesome memories for me as well mm. and yeah it's definitely worth having a look at if you've ever gone to one of those lands yeah and jolt cola was a thing oh yeah jolt cola yeah. that was like oh. the really popular thing back then well i think they sponsored that kind of oh did thing. they I, Pretty sure that's how it came about because you oh. never see it anywhere else. Yeah, at all the lands, you got jolt, and you drink drink can after can after can <laughs> yeah. after can because you wouldn't sleep. Yeah. You'd just and be people have the stacks of cans. Yeah, on the it was like a badge of honor how many cans you could have stacked up around your computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really really weird looking at those photos for me, and I've just got them up here on my computer because mm-hmm. it does bring back a lot of memories and how how raw like multiplayer was back then mm. um like we we're just making it up as we went along yeah and uh yeah there's one photo here which matt can see and the ipx protocol <laughs> i don't know that that was a thing no it was tcp yeah i know but 
I don't know. It may have been an option for Doom, but I don't know that anyone used it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a photo here of me. I was a very large man back then. Oh. So that's probably why you wouldn't recognize oh. me. I look completely and utterly different. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look through again and see if I can find you. Yeah, it's really good times. I mean, even a couple of photos I noticed... Um, there's this guy who came over from, I think it was Adelaide, and his name, or his nick, was Captain Vegetable, <laughs> which is a really weird, stupid name. Um, but he came over from Adelaide all the way to Newcastle to one of these lands and stayed at my place. Um, and, yeah, he ended up winning the tournament that, that weekend or something like mm-hmm. that. And, yeah, it's just bring back, flooded all these sort of memories mm. of, of what we did before. Yep. So. It's really great that he's preserving this kind of stuff. Mm. So that's why I'm really happy to just ship all this over to him and yep. see if he can make use of it. <laughs> so yeah, um, what else has been going on? Did we do the what have we been playing thing? I think we should. Okay. Should I go? <laughs> do it. Okay. Um, I had that. Uh, a few things left over from last week, but I don't think I'm even going to get to that. Have you written it on your hand? No, I didn't write anything on my uh, hand. I'm totally unprepared, but um, there's just so many things. But probably the biggest thing was that my wife decided to surprise me with an early birthday present because my birthday is not till later this month. When? And when later this month? The, That's secret. The 28th. Okay, we'll have to remember that. I won't remember it. Remember it, Matt. Mm, no. He won't. That's my hope. Okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Does he look like someone who remembers birthdays? <laughs> That's kind of good. Um, so, <laughs> we were having breakfast at a cafe, and she said to me, Oh, so you want a Nintendo Switch? And I'm like, Yeah. She's like, Do you want to get it today? And I'm like, Are you serious? She's like, Yeah. I'm like, Really? (laughs) And I just started looking up prices on my phone. I'm like, well, if we go to Target, we can get it for this. If we go to Big W, we can get it for this. Ended up getting it from JB Hi-Fi. It wasn't much difference in price, really. EB doesn't match prices Mm. because they're too cool for that. Yeah. Um, And often, if if I've gone to look in JB for something and I can't find it, you go to EB, they have it, but it's more expensive, and you say, oh, can you match the GB price? And um, they go, oh, no, you're here because they've sold out. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's a rule. Mm. So having worked in retail, the first thing you need to ask is, well, ask yourself, do I think this person can actually walk out and buy it at that place? Yeah, that's right. Um, the bastards. That's what you're supposed to do, so yeah. they're actually doing the right thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Target had it for the least price but they didn't have any in stock but then the EB guy was just like we don't match prices and like okay mm. <laughs> that's fine mm. and I don't think that I don't know JB probably would but half the time they just volunteer to give you a discount anyway yeah. which yeah. is not what they should do mm. but I don't but think that's that... why everyone shops at JB mm, great service maybe. Usually the best prices. I reckon they just do it because having been someone who's worked in a shop like that, not JB, but you don't really care about the, the owner of JB making money. You no. just want to get to the end of your shift so that you can go home. Yeah, yeah. And if you make the person in front of you happy, then why wouldn't you do it? 
Mm. So I think that's why they do it. Because mm. um, they have like a certain line that they can go to and then they can't go past that line. Yeah. So they just go to the line and then, here you go, you got a discount. Yay. <laughs> you know. So yeah, anyway, got the Switch from JB. They had a bunch of um, games you could get for like $39. There was the Rayman game. Um, That's supposed to be all right. Mario Rabbits, which is also supposed to be okay. Mm. And I forget the other one, I'm pretty sure, because it wasn't very exciting. But, mm. but I wasn't, I didn't really want those, even though I know that those two games are supposed to be good-ish. Mm. I just wasn't really interested in them. Um, I think because, partly because I already sold myself on getting Mario Kart and, you know, I wanted Splatoon and I want to get Zelda, which I don't have, but at some point I'll get it. Mm. But um, because I was already set on those games, I didn't, and I couldn't really, I can't afford to get like, all these games mm. I didn't really I wanted to get just games that I really want to play and not just get something because it's cheap yeah so yeah, yeah. that's yeah so I was just like nah I don't want those I'll just get Mario Kart and I got an extra controller um, which I got the wired I don't know if they call it a pro control it's like the pro control but it's the wired version and it's $50 hmm. um, the Wi-Fi is kind of like a um, GameCube controller it's it's actually looks very much like the Xbox 360 controller. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Wi-Fi one is like $89. And yeah, I got the wired one. I, actually, when I bought my Xbox 360, the first thing I did was buy a wire, wired controller. It came with a wireless one mm. because I didn't want to have to worry about the batteries running out. Yeah. Um, which I think I'd had a Wii before that and it was just a pain in the ass all the time. Mm. Um, so I've got that and I don't know I I like to sit back on the couch I do have a situation now where the wire doesn't reach all the way I have to like sit on the couch the closest position to where the TV is mm. um, and it's nice to to take it and sit like as far away as possible because the so the Joy-Cons are wireless so you can use the Joy-Cons sitting on like as far away as whatever the Wi-Fi, whatever the wireless distance is. Mm. Um, and I do find myself doing that because I want to sit like comfortably on the couch. And so I kind of like almost feel like I've done a 180 on it, but still $50 compared to like $89 is mm. like pretty, it's a pretty big jump. Mm. I don't know if there's any other difference or not. I know my controllers don't have the, um, the sensors in them. Like you can't use it like a move controller or right so for example like in splatoon by default the aiming is actually um by moving the controller um hmm. i forget what it's called now but you actually aim like by moving your controller on its axis like that up sounds and down horrible. it does but, <laughs> but i played the, i played the wii u version and this is last week when i was talking about one of the, my best gaming days, which was with my friend Louis playing Splatoon, we did play it like that. And he mm. said to me, I know it's weird at first, but you get used to it. And I did, and it was fine. And I think it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like the difference between a mouse and keyboard and a controller. You have that precision because you're using, you know, something that's more analog to control mm. where you're facing. Um, <clears throat> but 
I still changed it to normal control setup when I got this because I felt like I prefer to play that way because I don't want to be wiggling, waggling my arms around. Hmm. Having said that, I find I put it on like the lowest sensitivity setting, but it still feels really um, like it moves quickly across the screen, hmm. the aiming. I don't know if there's something else I can do about that. Um, is that is that because the analog control is really sensitive? It could be. It could be. Maybe. Because, you, yeah, you, you do have to get used to with the analog control. Your thumb is not usually the best at making slight movements. Mm. And my example would be Super Monkey Ball on the GameCube, mm. where you're using the analog stick, but to move slightly, you only move the analog slick, stick um, a tiny amount, and that's really hard to do or okay. hard to get used to. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of getting used to that. That actually reminds me of um, drone people that do like the FPV drone racing. A lot of them have they have a controller that's very much like a video game controller with two analog sticks, and um, but they're really long sticks and they're thin, and they mm. actually use their thumb and forefinger like a pincer yeah. and grab the top very top of the stick and like move them around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that apparently doing it like that gives you a bit more precision. Hmm. But obviously, we're used to playing it with our thumbs. And hmm. usually, I think it's a bit of a thing in that, that community that people who play with their thumbs, they're like, it's like gamer grip kind of thing. Like, usually it's people who play games that will play with the top of their thumbs rather than doing like the pincer between hmm. thumb and forefinger. Hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, that's just reminded me of that but I did find anyway that I was getting better at it so it could be just that I'm not used to it and yeah. as I've said in the past I hate playing first-person games like shooter games on console hmm. and I'd much rather use a mouse and keyboard which apparently you can plug a mouse and keyboard into the switch I haven't mm. tried this yet but supposedly you can that doesn't mean that you can play Splatoon with it but yeah I was just about to ask that yeah so um, so, but I did. I found that I got used to it uh, over time. I got better at it, and so maybe it's just a matter of actually getting better at playing the game. Mm. So yeah, um, I got that, and I got Splatoon. I was playing that last night. In the beginning, I didn't really. Yeah, I was like, oh, I remember this being really fun, and I'm feeling like it's not so fun. But mm. towards the end of the night, I was like, yeah, this is really fun. So right. I think it was a matter of getting used to the controls. Well, you, you were playing it online or single player? You pretty much only play it online. Right. So there's been big news recently, or the most recent Nintendo news, they revealed that they're releasing DLC for Splatoon 2, and it's going to include a single player like story campaign. So, huh. yeah, so that's like pretty big news. And I didn't even realise... When I bought it, I actually bought it because I was going to hang out with some friends and I thought maybe we can play this split screen. But I didn't actually think to check whether you could or not. I just mm. assumed you'd be able to, mm. but you can't. The yeah. only way you can play multiplayer not online is like a local network and you have to have at least two switches to do it. Mm. And I, I don't know if you can then play split screen. I don't know, it's really annoying things that Nintendo do <laughs> mm. but um, 
yeah, basically for me at home by myself, pretty much got online battles, and that's it until this DLC comes out. Right. But it is really fun. Um, it's a bit of a shame because you can't just jump in and play a game on your own. Hmm. But um, but the games are very short, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it's very different to other shooter games because it's not just about killing the other people. Yeah, you're painting the floor, aren't you? Yeah, so yeah. there is different modes, and I think there is a mode that's like most kills wins, but the main mode is um, you basically, it's a turf war, so you've got to paint the ground and the team with the most ground painted at the end wins. Hmm. And there's all different weapons. Um, you start off with like what's kind of like a, a machine gun, like a submachine gun kind of thing. The range isn't great and it kind of shoots in like an arc and yeah, it'll just splat paint wherever you shoot it. And you can shoot enemies and it takes like probably five or six hits to take them out and then they'll like disappear and they will respawn after five seconds or something at their base. Hmm. And so it's all about, and, and that's probably how long would take you to then recover the area that they were in. So it's kind of like you do want to kill people because then it gives you a chance to take over that area as long as there's no one else around. Hmm. So it's very important to win, win fights, but it's also important to make sure that you cover like all the space on the ground. So, because I've noticed that made a big difference. Because um, when you start out, it's like a frenzy and you're like running, trying to cover as much space as you can. But then whenever, like the first time I die, usually I'll turn around from the spawn spot and like cover all the ground behind because no one does that at the beginning usually. Hmm. Um, and especially in your area of the because it's kind of the maps always it's usually um, um, symmetrical and you have your side and their side and you're always fighting over the middle but your side like near your spawn area they're pretty much never going to come there so you want to have that space because it's never going to be contested so you might as well take it hmm. and the way that the score is counted at the end is it actually gives you a percentage of space covered so it can be really close and it's all often doesn't equal 100 because you sometimes leave spaces uncovered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm finding that it's really important to cover like every space. And I think that's part of what makes the game different to other shooters because it, the objective is kind of different. Mm. And it's not just about um, being good at shooting because it being good at shooting is important. Like you have to win the battles that you have, but if you're clever, if you're thinking about things like how can I cover the most space and like, you know, how can I get around behind and like take some of their area so that it pushes them back and they have to go cover that space again. Hmm. You can do a lot of tactical things that aren't just about fighting. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's why I really enjoy that game because there's a lot more, it's, it's tactical, but it's in a different way to what we're used to in games now. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm finding maybe it's maybe because I think about these things, I'm finding more success than what most people do or what a lot of people do when they play these games. And I think being typically Nintendo, people aren't as competitive. Um, oh, you're gonna cop some well, flack for look, that. For particular games, for particular games, there might be communities that are super competitive with, with particular games. Yeah. 
I mean, Smash Brothers obviously is a massive competitive game. Mm. And you could probably even say that Mario Kart is competitive. But when you go online and play Mario Kart with like people that are just playing at 8 o'clock at night, they, they, they suck. Like they're, <laughs> they're, not, they're not competitive. They're just mm. having fun, you know. Mm. And, I think, and I think that's what it is. Maybe it's not that people people who play Nintendo games aren't as competitive, but there's more people who are playing them casually yeah. than like when you play Counter-Strike or League of Legends or those games where everyone's like, oh, you suck, you're cancer, you know. <laughs> and maybe that's, that's a legacy of um, how Nintendo approaches multiplayer because the whole online experience is not as a mature thing on Nintendo platforms yep. whereas on the the other consoles it's kind of a given that you're going to have this online experience mm. it's going to be competitive mm. and you know they have a reputation of having having horrible people that you play against who just abuse you all the time but that's because they're taking it seriously mm. whereas yeah. Nintendo <clears throat> traditionally that's not been their approach mm. Mm. so people who buy Nintendo platforms as a result probably don't have that expectation and therefore probably more likely to take it casually rather than serious mm. yeah yeah definitely i think when nintendo make games they are often thinking we want you know obviously they want people to enjoy the games but they also want young kids to be able to enjoy the games too mm. and like when you look at mario kart it's a really good example because there's a lot of catch-up mechanics yeah. in that game like the whole blue shell thing obviously is like a really obvious one yeah. when you're in first place all you get is like coins and bananas and green shells Yeah, and so you don't get any good weapons but you're in first so it doesn't really matter yeah yeah um, but having said that those games are bloody hard and, yeah. and part of that is because of the catch up mechanic and you know you have your AI or whomever behind you that just constantly throw, mm -hmm. you know, red shells mm -hmm. and lightning bolts or whatever the equivalent is on this particular Mario Kart. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it is kind of a casual experience, but trying to finish at least the very first Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo is one of the hardest things you can do. Because mm. it's just ridiculous. And it, again, most of that is it's that it's cheap. Right. Um, but it's really difficult. That's interesting. I've, I've actually not... I don't have any experience with that Mario Kart and mm. I actually found it really hard to play whenever I did play it. And yeah, I mean, I didn't have a Super Nintendo for a very long time. I think I had it for a, probably a month or two mm. and we didn't have Mario Kart. And so, but I've got heaps of experience with the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube version, mm. but they're very different because of the 3D versus 2D. Yeah. Um, but this Mario Kart has levels from all of those games which is pretty cool and like the Game Boy versions as well all right um, yeah it's got so the N64 version had four cups which each had four tracks hmm. this one has 12 cups which which four oh. tracks each wow. yeah um, but they're levels that are taken from those other games although they have been obviously like totally redesigned hmm. um, I don't know I know so Rainbow Road is actually the the tracks themselves have been redesigned. I'm sure because Rainbow Road's totally different. It's well, there's a Rainbow shorter. Road in every single 
the, Mario Kart. Yeah, the N64 version. It tells you which version oh, it is. Right. Okay. So oh, that's pretty cool. You can go Rainbow Road N64, and the track is actually different. Hmm. And yeah, there's the. Come to think of it, I do know the Super Nintendo version because it's flat. Yeah. <laughs> I know which one that is. Yeah. I right. think unless it's like a Game Boy version, it could be too. Hmm. Um. But yeah, they've they've definitely redone the, the graphics and also I'm pretty sure the tracks are different like mm. the Donkey Kong track is totally different too so is this is this Mario Kart 8 it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe so right because wasn't 8 on the Wii U uh, I believe so and because yeah, that, that's what I think I'm probably, I I'm probably really annoying like people that are really into it because I'm sure they know about all the things that I'm going oh, I think <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which apparently right. was really short, um, stocked, hard to get. Mm. But I just seem to have really great timing, and I bought my console right when they came back in stock. So that was the okay. first game I got. Mm. And that's also part of the reason why I was like, just give me Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm worried that there won't be any, um, because, you know... I mean, Nintendo makes up all these things about why they're short in stock, but I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just them being careful because they're worried that it won't be successful, mm. and they don't want it to be. They don't want to be overstocked. Mm. I think that they know that scarcity makes things desirable, and that's why they do the things. That's why they stock things the way they do now. Mm. Yeah. They've learned, they all you have to do is look at the Super Nintendo market now, and it's that scarcity that makes it part of what makes it desirable. Um, the Super Nintendo. Yes. The mini. I mean, I know there's heaps of them. Oh, the mini. Well, I know. Well. Or are you talking about the original Super Nintendo? Because there's billions of those things. I know, but they're expensive, so there's obviously mm. demand to match the. Yeah, it's just hot amount that's out there. I mean, you think that's all it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, retro is the in thing now, so everyone wants one. Everyone's thinking, oh, I had a Super Nintendo back in the day, so I want one now. So, yeah, price just goes up. Yeah. Okay. Because I I don't think they're hard to get. I mean, I've got probably four of them. Not if you want to spend (laughs) the money to buy it. Hmm. Well, yeah, but what did you pay for yours? I don't remember. Okay. I've got my original one. I've got my one that my wife had. I think I've got the one that my wife's previous boyfriend had, and then another one I've picked up somewhere. Oh, that's controversial. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Do you like? Is it? Do you go out and rub it in the dirt like <laughs> on the weekend? And, yeah. This is what I think of you, Sam. <laughs> Let's call him Sam. <laughs> That'd be weird if his name was actually Sam. You'd be like, "How did you know?" <laughs> so, are those the two games that you bought for it, Mario Kart and um, Splatoon? Yes. So, but something fun happened. Um, I was really hoping my wife would play with me, and she did have a go at it. But she was kind of like, "Yeah, one game, and hmm. nah, I'm done. Hmm. I'm gonna go read a book." Hmm. Um, <laughs> and it, it is fun to play on my own and I think I'll talk more about that later but 
Yeah, that's right. There's going to be even more <laughs> about Marika. Um But we had a like a weekend away planned with some friends that was coming up, and this was planned a while ago. So it just coincidentally, is around the time I got this switch. It always I realized, happens. Yeah, I realized I got I've got the Joy Cons, which you can split apart and they can be a controller each and mm. for Mario Kart it's fine because you just need like left right the jump button to um, power slide and the shoot button and brake like if you're a pro but obviously brake. no one is you actually use brake so I'll go this is what I was going to talk about later but um, so I realized I already had two controllers and I had my wired controller, so I had three controllers. So I thought, if I get one more, we can play four players. And this is with um, two other couples that are good friends of ours that we sometimes go off on holiday with. And six of us, obviously, I'm like, I'm sure that, you know, four out of the six will be excited. I know the two other guys will, be, will definitely be into play. We just need one of the girls to be excited about <laughs> Mario Kart. And we'll have a four-player game on our hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I went and bought the other controller. And um, again, wired, $50. Um, there's also some like special editions at the moment. Like I've got the Zelda controller, which has like graphics on it. And I've got a Mario Odyssey one, I think, which is just like red with like the Mario thing. Mm -hmm. So I got those, went away. Um, once they, you know, got their young kids to bed and stuff, came out, started playing. First night it was just the three guys and we had fun. And then the second night it was like, last chance, got to play. <laughs> and so they all got into it and we were playing like loser is kicked out and passes the controller along. And um, yeah, it was heaps of fun. And mm. I was really glad that they all got into it because what I noticed is that the pack it stays together a lot. Like in this game, it doesn't. It's not often a situation where one person gets really far ahead and you just can't catch them hmm. because of those catch-up mechanics. Yeah. Like it'll give the person in second place three red shells, and that means that they can stop the player in first like a long time as long as they don't just like shoot all their load in one go. Hmm. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it's because it's got those catch-up mechanics, the pack stays together a lot. And the result of that was we had so many close finishes hmm. and it was really exciting. Um, so many times when people would be in last and they would just come through right at the end and yeah, come second. Like or like a or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, there was a situation like that. And hmm. one of my friend's wives, um, it was like, oh, I don't know. She got on and then she just kept... Not winning, but not losing. So she was. She just kept playing. Hmm. <laughs> and um, well, it's that sort of game. It's it's always been the sort of game where it's really approachable mm. for everyone, and it's it's easy to get into <laughs> if you are coming last, and it gives you the power ups needed to be able to boost up and get ahead. And, <laughs> but again, back to what we were saying before, it also has that element where to really exceed at it, um, it's actually a very high skill ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that leads into the other thing that I wanted to talk about it, which is the fact that it's a game where they've created the different levels, so in terms of power of the card, so you've got 50cc, 100, 150, and this one has 200cc as well, which I don't know 
So this is Mario Kart 8. I'm not sure what 7 was, if 7 was a, a thing. I'm sorry, Nintendo and Mario Kart people, but <laughs> I don't know if it was... What was... It was Double mm. Dash well, this, number what's 6. What's the Wii one called? Oh. Is that Double Dash? Or was Double Dash... Double Dash was... Um, wasn't that the GameCube one? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I can't remember. There's been a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know if I even played the Wii one. Surely I did, but maybe I didn't. Mm-hmm. I remember look seeing those, uh, those like <laughs> steering wheel things, and just thinking that is, oh, yeah. that looks really stupid, mm. and I don't want to play that. You didn't have to use those from memory. No, it was an option. No, you definitely didn't. Yeah. No, but I did have one. Mm. <laughs> okay, so seven is the three DS one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. So. Mm. <laughs> That reminds me of something that happens when you're in a multiplayer lobby and you're waiting for everyone to join the game. It gives you all these options of things to say, kind of like Hearthstone, if anyone's ever played that. But instead of being able to just say, say whatever you want or type whatever you want, you can say, like, let's have a good game or, you know, let's go or whatever. Or go easy on me. One of the things you can say is, I'm using motion control. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. That's really good. Oh my god, I'm just like, oh, I said it even though I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played a lot of Super Mario Kart first one, Yeah. played a lot of the GBA one, a lot of the DS one, and a lot of the GameCube. Oh, not so much the GameCube one, mm-hmm. but I did play it a little yeah. bit. The other ones, yeah, haven't really delved too much into. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so what I, back to what I was saying before about the different classes. So you've got 50cc, 100. It's obviously not just about the power of the card yeah the, the cpu goes easier on you i think too yeah. when you're at the lower levels yeah um when you get to 200 cc though it tells you you need to use the brake <laughs> and you actually go really fast and it gives me the same feeling as when i'm playing wipeout like it's really fast mm. and if you know how to do your power sliding correctly and you know how to use the brake correctly, which it took me a while actually to get the hang of it. Because the way you do it is you power slide around the corner and because the power slide kind of sends you sideways, right? Yeah. So you do have to start it early, but when you're in 200cc, it's it's too fast to get around a lot of the corners. But what you can do is press while you're sliding and holding the accelerator, you can roll onto the brake and it really slows you down but it keeps the slide going and then you can let go of the brake and then let go of the slide and you get the boost out of yeah, the corner yeah. and then you're back to full speed again. Mm. And when you master that, then you start going really fast mm. and it feels like wipeout. Okay. And and that's, it was really, once I started getting into it, I was like, this is awesome because this feels like, it's like another level above what I was used to playing Double Dash and the N64 version before that mm. where... Yeah, it was hard, but it was hard because of, as you said, the cheapness. Yeah. Like, you would get smashed by shells, like, over and over, and there's not much you could do about it in the blue yeah. shell. and Using that, AI, using lightning bolts, just as a, you jump yeah. over a hole. and. Yep, that still happens, but... Um, <laughs> I bet it does. Yeah, it still happens, but it's not as bad, I think, in this one. And your success relies a lot more on your ability to drive the cart well. Um, as opposed to whether you luckily don't get hit by things. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Something else I notice about the lightning bolt is there's actually a graduation of how long people are affected by those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So the further behind you are, the, the less affected you are by it. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that's in the other ones, because I never noticed that. I don't remember that. I don't think it is. Mm. It's not, but yeah, this one, it's... Yeah. Another little, little cool thing, and this is back to Splatoon, that I noticed, it's really cool. In the loading screen, or in the lobby when you're waiting for people to join the game, you can press things on the controller and it actually is like, because the game's kind of funky and like, it's got that theme of like DJ kind of stuff, there's actually like samples on the controller and the analog sticks act like modulators for the sound. <laughs> and so you can oh, actually like cool. do your own little mix while you're waiting in the lobby. Hmm. And it's, it's actually quite subtle and so you, some people may not have even noticed it because um, it's not like you hit the button and it's like some big sample. It's mm. kind of really, they try to blend it into the music that's already in the game. So if you were just like mashing, the only reason I noticed is because when you do mash, you get all these samples and I'm like, what the hell? There's like so many samples. This is a really weird arrangement of this song. <laughs> and then I realized it was me actually triggering the samples. And do the pe other people in the lobby hear that? No, I don't think so. I think it's okay. just for you to muck around with while, you, while you're waiting. Because I was just thinking that would either A, be really annoying, yeah. or two, it'd be kind of cool because then you could have like a, a jam session. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if other people wanted to play along, but otherwise it'd just be really annoying. Yeah, no, I think it's just something to amuse you while you're waiting, which is really cool. And yeah, and I, I was discovering, at first I thought it was just on the D-pad. There was like four samples on up, down, left, right. And then I noticed that the left stick was making like speed changes to the samples. And hmm. then I started exploring the controller. I'm like, does this do something? Does that do something? It was and, really and cool. And then you turn the system off by accident. <laughs> no, because <laughs> you actually in that menu, when you, once you committed to the lobby, none of the buttons do anything except the power button. Ah, oh, right. Mm. That sounds cool. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I do have other things, um, but I pro probably won't maybe go into it. One thing we do need to talk about is mm. the big news that just came out like two days ago, which is that uh, EB Expo is let's now... Let's get into that a bit later. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about what we've been playing. Okay. And then I think we can get onto that topic because there's okay. a couple of things we can talk about around there. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the big thing from myself and probably Matt as well, um, we went to Pincade, which is a annual event that's held in uh, New Zealand. And I mean, where do you begin? I guess I guess you could try and describe what Pincade is. So again, it's an annual event. It's an event that's held in a number of venues and people's houses across New Zealand. All three of us have been to Pincade before, but you didn't go this time, John. No. Um, so I think the previous year it was just in Auckland, right? Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, it was basically, I mean, I guess, so um, the, main, the main day, is that technically Auckland? I don't know, it was a bit further out, but it was yeah, I where think the it's System 11. technically Auckland, right, okay. I think. There was no plane hopping. Um, no, no. Whereas the first one I went to, you started in Christchurch. Yep. And then flew up 
to Auckland for the yep. remaining days. Yep. This one started in Wellington, and I haven't been to Wellington <coughs> before. Um, and Matt and I decided we'd fly in a day before it all began, so we flew mm -hmm. in on the Wednesday. Um, so we could just sort of, I don't know, get our bearings and stuff like that before the chaos starts. And then on the Thursday night is when it all kicked off, and that was at a venue called the Moon Bar. Um, and there was a pinball competition there, and that was all really cool. Then the next day, we go to a person's house that has a game room, and breakfast is all laid out for you, and people who are horribly hung over from the day before, you know, are yeah. sleeping on couches and stuff like that. And Many of the hosts are, are extremely hospitable. Yeah, very generous. I find just New Zealanders in general to be like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. such a laid-back place. Like, if you think Australia is laid-back, New Zealand is a couple of steps above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember reading a swearing on a menu once, and I was like, wow, this place is really... <laughs> and that was like a nice restaurant. Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah, and so it's kind of a mix of that. So you go to a venue, um, you might play some arcade or pinball machines... Um, just as a social thing, you might play as a tournament. Then the next day, you're going to someone's house for the morning, and then you're trekking off to someone else's house in the afternoon, and then someone else's house mm. at night. There it's, might be a competition there. It's a full schedule, yeah. especially if you want to be in all the comps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this is, well, let's see, this one ran from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and the Thursday and Friday were in Wellington, then hopped on a plane, flew to Auckland. And, yeah, in, in the remaining days, jumped around a few, again, venues and people's houses. And always the highlight for me is um, Mike's place, Radar's place. Yep. Um, and this is because he has one of the most impressive retro game collections I've ever seen. Mm. Um, he has every single Master System game except for two. And... Mm -hmm. A couple of times ago, I asked him, "Have you, you know, are you still looking for these two? And he mm -hmm. said, "Oh, they're basically on obtainium." And mm -hmm. and I thought he said he'd given up, but mm -hmm. this time I spoke to him again, and he said, "No, I'm still looking for them. It's just, you know, they never come up, and when they do, they're just ridiculously expensive. Right? Like they're super, super, super rare." Wow. Um. So yeah, he's missing two. He has over 350 Mega Drive games. Um. He's got every single system you can possibly think of. He's got prototype mm -hmm. cartridges. Mm -hmm. He's got Commodore 64 stuff, Vectrex, yeah. arcade machines, pinball machines. Yeah. It's pretty bloody awesome. I remember being impressed by his Mega CD collection. And when mm. we went there last time, I wasn't as big into, you know, the old games as now. Actually, mm. I would even say probably that visit was probably the kickoff of my reinterest into some old games because I remember we played um, I think it was Galaga 88 right um, or Galaga 88 yeah. or it was a different it was not the normal Galaga was it Gapless? no it was, was actually called Galaga no okay he has a funny one there which I thought was Gapless or am I Gapless? mistaken yeah it's, it started with G it was definitely yeah, it, <laughs> it was definitely a Gallagher game, and I think yeah. there is, you know, people who know this stuff will probably get annoyed. But there's there's other versions like I'm, there might be a Gallagher two, and I'm pretty sure there's Gallagher eighty eight mm -hmm. as well. That exists. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, yeah, and I remember playing it, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And 
someone else who was around at the time, I don't remember who it was, was saying, oh yeah, this, this version mm. is really fun, but mm. no one plays it because everyone plays like the classic mm. version. Mm. And we really got into that and had a few games of it. Mm. And that was part of my realization of, you know, it doesn't really matter what a game is. If it's fun, it's fun. And mm. if it's fun, you might as well play it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that was part of my kickoff. And then going to PAX after that in the same year and staying in the classic section and, you know, <laughs> playing Wipeout and then some guys behind me watching me going, man, you're really good at this game. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for me, it's always it's it's the people because I find people in the retro gaming collecting community mm. are just really really nice people. And I think a certain aspect of that is probably that I'm really into that too. So for me, it's really easy to approach someone mm. who's also into it because mm -hmm. you immediately can kick off on a conversation and talk for ages. Mm -hmm. And Mike, in particular, I mean, he's super knowledgeable about this stuff for mm -hmm. obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can just talk to him for hours about yeah. that collection. Just all the cool stuff he has. <laughs> Game and watches and yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> um, what did what did you think about it, Matt? Um, the whole event or his place? His place. In yeah, particular. It's, it's I mean it's it was probably, you know for one of the smaller places we went to, it was stacked full of things. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really dense. He yeah. had like <laughs> he had like storage containers of stuff yeah. mm. and he was kind of like yeah my wife doesn't really know all this stuff is here and if he did <laughs> I'd be in a lot of trouble <laughs> so it's the kind of room where you you do a lap you walk around and you think you've seen everything and you're kind of standing in there and you're oh what was that and you walk back and you're seeing different things because yeah. there's just so much there you don't see it yeah. half the time when you... yeah in fact this this year I, I went up to Mike and I said oh you've got more stuff and he said oh no I don't have much more stuff and he said it's probably just because you know this is your third time here and, and you're seeing stuff you didn't notice before and, and I went yeah you're right it's, <laughs> it's because it's, like you were saying because it's so dense it, you have to see it like mm. multiple times yeah. before you actually see all yeah. the little int intricate yeah. things yeah. and I, every which way you look yeah. there's something different that you never noticed before yeah I remember oh, I've been looking at that po um, photo recently that you posted of last year, me and Nathan playing rock and roll racing on the TV, and I was looking at the little TV unit with all the consoles, and I was like, why didn't I play that? <laughs> like, I was seeing things in there, and I was like, I should have played that game. Mm. <laughs> like, why? There was a Saturn there. I, mm. Like, a, you know, you don't get many opportunities to play a Saturn, mm. even though, you know, I mean, it's got good games on it, and it doesn't have, a, I guess, a huge library, but it'd just be fun to play... Mm. Like with actually, this is showing my not very good knowledge. But um, what is the cartridge slot on the Saturn? There's a cartridge slot on that thing, isn't there? I don't know. I own I, one, I, but I've never actually. Oh, looked. really? So I know it definitely looks like one. I I, I can't say I know. Maybe it's meant to be like an expansion slot, like a memory, mm. or someone yeah, does, will know. Does it have? Or maybe it's meant to play mm. Mega Drive games. I don't know. I it's kind of stupid so. that I own this <laughs> thing and I've never looked at it. Have right. you ever turned it on? I'm getting a reputation. No, of course I haven't. Here I am it on. saying I haven't pulled it out of the box. Oh. Here I am saying you don't get many <laughs> opportunities to play one, and you've got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a Dreamcast, and I don't have a Dreamcast, 
So we should play some Dreamcast. I'm pretty sure Dreamcast is harder to get than a Saturn. No, you don't think so? There's way more Saturns around, uh, more Dreamcast than Saturns. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Saturn like Dreamcast bombed, but Saturn really bombed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to the point where even my family wasn't dumb enough to buy one. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I mean. But I mean, I want one now. That'd be cool. Mm. But, but yeah, uh, so much interesting stuff. He's got a PS2 dev kit, which basically looks like a PS2, but seven times the size. <laughs> it's so much like bigger. It's this massive, huge thing, and it looks amazing. Yeah. Because the PS2 looks like a pretty cool console, like this big mm-hmm. tower. Yeah. To have one, you know, so many times bigger, mm-hmm. it just looks very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. And on the side, instead of emblazoned or what would you call that? It's like mm-hmm. a cutout PS2, it says tool. Mm-hmm. Not the band. Oh yes, I think which I've a lot seen of people said, "Oh, Tool, you know, that's not the band." No, it's just <laughs> that's what they called the PS2 dev box this for whatever is, reason. This is the box that you put your game into if you want Tool to be on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, that reminds me of something else that I was going to mention, but very briefly. Um, so I picked up a couple of PS2 games this week as well at CEX in Blacktown, which had a much better um, range than. Parramatta or uh, Rouse Hill was the other one I've gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because people in Blacktown tend to own more games. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I saw a few games that I liked and I decided to get them, went to pay, and the girl's like, oh, okay, yeah, you want to grab those? I'm like, yeah. And um, she goes, oh, you're having a bit of a um, retro throwback? And I'm like, um, not really. I'm like, I just... They're fun games, and why not play them? Mm. And um, she's like, oh, okay, cool. And so she did the transaction, and while it was, like, approving, she's like, did you know that the PS2 is the biggest-selling console ever? <laughs> and I'm like, I did know that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's why it's so good to buy stuff now, because it's so cheap, because there's heaps of them out there. Mm. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, cool. That's kind of cool. So she's <laughs> pretty knowledgeable. Yeah, I think, yeah, knowledgeable, but... Not quite normal. It was also enough, just though, like because apparently the Switch hasn't it just recently overtaken the PS2. No way. That can't be right. No. I don't think. No. You Maybe might be thinking it's speed of sales or something. Something might be happening uh, there, year but not or something like that. Right. Okay. It's it's outsold the Wii U. Could be that. But I don't think oh, that would be difficult. Everything's outsold the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> the Saturn probably hasn't. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so what yeah. were the PS2 games? I got Tekken Tag Tournament, uh-huh. which is a, a game that is actually pretty Tekken. pretty meaningful to me because that was the game that I used to go to the arcade and I was like just no one like this kid in Parramatta and of course the the game was like now you're John Pansini. No, now I'm Mr. Pansini <laughs> for the next two hours. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's Mr. Pansini to you. Um, yeah. I was nanny no friends that would go and play Tekken and you'd have to do the whole thing where you put your coin on on the game to say like I'm in line and it was surrounded by kids who were all obviously in the same group like probably went to school in Parramatta but I went to school like just outside Parramatta Hmm. but I lived in Parramatta so I'd catch a bus home and on the way home we'd go to the arcade and um, yeah 
had a few experiences when they were there where I actually got the balls to actually challenge them because most of the time if they were there I just wouldn't play but if it was free I'd go and play the arcade game hmm. um, and yeah I actually had an experience or a few experiences where I just remember have this memory of playing and they didn't know who I was so they're like oh yeah we're just gonna smash this guy and keep going and because um, what they would do is they would play put a coin in and they would all take turns like single player to practice yeah. um, and if someone challenged them, then they just beat them and keep going. Hmm. And I played, and I played, and I smashed the guy on the first round. And then they swapped; they brought in a better player, <laughs> and then he beat me. And um, I was like, "Yes, they underestimated me. Like that was my victory." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I used to play that a lot in the arcade, but never had it on any consoles or anything. Hmm. Um, so I got it, and I've got Tekken 3 too on PS1, and I guess because it's PS2, they updated the graphics a lot, and it actually looks way better. So the other thing to know about Tekken is that from Tekken Tag 2, uh, sorry, from the original Tekken Tag was still basically the same engine as Tekken 3, so it played exactly the same as Tekken 3. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, they changed the game a lot, like with Tekken 4, the, the engine got changed a bit, and they started putting in stages that were like arenas where they had like a crowd around that you couldn't go through. So they added like wall mechanics mm-hmm. um, and some other things, which I played Tekken 3 so much that I was just used to that and I didn't really like the changes. Mm. So Tekken 4 onwards was different and Tekken Tag 2 was different. It was like Tekken 4. Um, so for me, the original Tekken Tag is like the epitome of like my Tekken experience because it's just like Tekken 3, but with better graphics, more characters, and the tag thing in it. Mm. So I got that, and the other two games I got is Kingdom Hearts 2, which I've never played before, and I just picked it up because it was there and it wasn't expensive, and I thought I should probably try it. Mm. That and actually I, reminds me, you mentioning that name. I was in the newsagent today getting the latest copy of Retro Gamer, mm-hmm. our magazine, obviously, and there was this woman there in front of me in line and I had no idea what she was doing but she was talking to the the salesperson to do with some sort of account and I don't know what it was um, and so the woman asked this woman so what's your email address and you know all this sort of stuff and her email address was Kingdom Heart at something something oh, really? something and I was like oh I'm, I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> <laughs> I'll just hide this retro gamer magazine behind me. <laughs> that would have been awesome. If that was me, I couldn't have said anything either because I'm totally introverted, but I would have been standing there like probably in a worse position to you going, I just bought Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I have a conversation to have with this person, but I won't. Mm. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No. Oh, well, I just I, found that weird. I interrupted you, but I'll quickly say the other game I got was SX, SS, SS, SX, SSX X, Tricky. Tricky? Three. Three. I tried to buy Tricky. Right. But, it so this is in tricky. Game Traders. I saw Tricky and I was like, sweet, I'll get that. And then I went to the counter and gave her the box and she's like, oh, the disc isn't here. I think someone else, someone must have sold it as something else by mistake. Mm, that and happens like, a lot, actually. I'm like, damn it. 
you guys work at a game store. They yeah. don't know. They don't know the stuff that's not modern. Yeah, that's right. And it happens I mean, to me all the time. I buy a Mega Drive game, yeah. and they pop it all in, and then I'm off, and I'm back at home, and I open it up, and it's got the wrong game in it. And really? sometimes it's kind of you can see it because it's like you bought Outrun and you open it up and it's Turbo Outrun cartridge, okay. or you know you bought a game that's number two and you open it up and it's actually number one or number three, and so you can sort of see that. But sometimes it's just completely the wrong thing. Well, it's they're both SSX games. I, well, actually, I don't know what they had three SSX. SSX You're having X, trouble with that name. That game, <laughs> the snowboarding game. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apparently they had three of them, but luckily they had SS uh, three. That one. <laughs> um, and that's apparently. I think that was after Tricky, and it's apparently quite good. So right. I got that hmm. instead, and it was the same price. So cool. Yeah. I haven't played it much yet, but I have checked that it worked, and it does. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So back to Pincade. Um, mm -hmm. So that was Mike's place, which is absolutely amazing, and I can't wait to go again next year. Um, yeah, then bouncing from place to place, uh, there was one location where it was meant to have a Total Nuclear Annihilation Pinball Launch Tournament, which was going to be the other thing that I was really looking forward to. And it in didn't Pincade. happen? Well, yeah, so I think a lot of people were really, really looking forward to yeah. this because, because not the only is it... Pinball podcasters talk that game up. Like nothing else. <laughs> Everyone has. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not only a brand new game, it's also meant to be just amazing. Mm -hmm. And everyone was looking forward to it. Yep. Um, so we turn up and, yeah, so it was meant to be two total nuclear annihilation pinball machines next to each other. Mm -hmm. You play both, um, your two scores are added together and then you're ranked against everyone else. And we walked in and instead it's, um, what was it? It was Rob Zombie and... America's Most Haunted. And America's Most Haunted, which are two other spooky games. But Nowhere near as exciting, though. No, and, and <laughs> I was kind of disappointed. And I, I can't remember who I talked to, because drinking was involved <laughs> for the entire five days. Yeah. Um, but I talked to someone, I think it was Dave, Dave who owns the apartment and yep. the games. And he said, or it could have been someone else, said, um, yeah, the boxes arrived, we got them. And then we opened them up, and they were the wrong games. So they'd so, actually bought the what? two Total Nuclear <laughs> Annihilations, and they had the wrong games in the boxes. Did they buy them from Games Traders? Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's a good one, Matt. I like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of disappointing. And I don't know if there's truth to that, because... I ordered TNA. Yeah, Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> so I put a... You know, there was drinking involved. I could have got that wrong. I can't even remember who I spoke to. It could have been someone who heard that third hand and, you know. So you're just making very broad assumptions again. Exactly. But it could be true. Either way, it's a hilarious story. <laughs> <laughs> but very disappointing. Um, but, you know, the night was still awesome anyway, so who cares? Mm. Um, then we had, again, place to place to place. Yep. Uh, Culmination on Sunday with the System 11 World Championships. Um, sorry, before that, there was some other guy's place who had a P3. Um, is you guys familiar with the P3 platform? No. Multimorphic, I think it is. And what? I really apologise if I get all of this wrong. 
Is this a what kind of game is this? This is a pinball machine. Oh, but is it a virtual one? No. Yes, okay. uh, no. Kind of, sort of. Okay. It's one of these. Is the balls <coughs> made of steel? Yes. Okay, that's yeah. good. It's an actual pinball machine, oh. but three quarters of the playfield is an LCD. Oh yeah, I the think rest I have is seen this. the ramps and stuff like yeah. that. Okay. It's a really amazing concept. Yeah. Because you can. Swap in and swap out the um, yeah. the back quarter yeah. and change out whether it's ramps and all oh, this okay. kind of stuff. Okay, that's good because I felt like that was the static part of it. But yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. But now you can swap that out. Okay. And the LCD, obviously, it's playing the rest of the game, and you can switch it, switch that from game to game mm -hmm. as well, because mm -hmm. all that's just software. Yep. But the really cool part of that, or at least the cool part to me, because I like visual stuff, yep. is you can do things like. Um, it tracks the ball. Yeah. So as you're hitting the ball and it's flying away, it's got like these smoke things behind yeah. it and yeah. all this kind of cool stuff. So I think the concept is awesome, mm -hmm. but the execution, not so much. I didn't find the game mm. to be very intriguing. The graphics that were happening on the LCD were very dull. Okay. And I don't know, I'm assuming that was on purpose, but... The colours weren't vibrant. Mm. You could hardly see what was actually going on because they were very, mm. what would you call it, Matt? Sort of just dull colours. Could and that all be blended in because each other. there's like GI or general illumination in the area of the playfield that is it could counteracting be. the light on the LCD screen? Yeah, it could be. And then lights above and stuff like mm. that is possible. It seemed but, bright um, though. I think it was lit pretty well. Mm. So, oh yeah. That's what I mean though, that the light that's outside the LCD is making the screen seem not as bright. Mm. But I think just the colours were dull. Okay. Um, and the guy there, BJ, who, um, who owned that machine, he was going to switch the game over for me and show me another one. Mm -hmm. But Pincade is just chaos. There's 150 yeah. people. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I went somewhere else and then... Mm -hmm. Other things happen. Yep. And yeah. There's a lot of beer and guts being thrown around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was another thing I forgot to mention. A hundred and between a hundred and hundred and fifty people go to this thing. There's the bulk of them from New Zealand obviously, but usually a whole big um swathe of Australians. So this time it was thirty Australians. I think mm -hmm. there was two or three Americans. There was Jessica um damn, what's her last name? Dinardo, yeah, Jessica Dinardo, um, from the Pinball Podcast. She flew down. Mm. Um, there was, and she's got some really cool pinball tattoos, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. There was Jean X Wong, who's a um, oh, really photographer from the US as well okay. as pinball player. Yeah. Um, so got to meet him. There was a he's got a very notable name. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he does great photography. I think he, I once got some advice from him on the Tilt forums about streaming stuff. Oh, okay. no, it was tournament related, right? which is completely different, but mm. both one of the two things I asked about on Tilt forums. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I think this time there was one guy from Sweden. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. But either way, there, cool. was a, there was a hell of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so we played P3. It plays like a pinball machine, but I think, again, the concept is good, but so far it's just yep. not quite there. 
The main um, difference I noted just from seeing videos was that the flipper design is completely different because yeah, it you can't be done from under the playfield because there's an LCD screen there. Yeah, that's right. So it's like the um, the home game stern ones where it's like a lever that pushes the flipper up. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And Does they it, just felt like normal flippers to me. They just feel normal? Okay, yeah. that's I was cool. drop catching, I was doing all the usual stuff. Okay. So, and they were strong. So yeah, cool. no issue there. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, on the Sunday was a System 11 World Championships and they had a Thunderbirds there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another brand new game. I think there's probably a couple of prototypes kicking about from Homepin who makes Thunderbirds. And this was one of the prototypes. Um, and yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, it, I think the best thing to say about that game is that it plays like a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. It feels like a, a, a good pinball machine mm-hmm. um, I would say it's up there with say a spooky pinball pinball machine in mm-hmm. that it's it's not that the mechanics are clunky because I think mechanically that game is top notch yep. well above spooky I would say Okay, but it feels just clunky in it's design and okay. to me spooky pinball machines feel that way because they're a bit non-traditional yep. the shots are in weird places yep. um, and that's what Thunderbirds felt to me mm-hmm. it also felt very flat so it was floaty yep. so it was kind of hard to have a good game you kind of want it to be fast yep. and responsive mm. but overall it was it was it was kind of cool yeah yeah and um meeting mike from home pin he um he's obviously a bit of a controversial figure mm-hmm. for reasons we won't go into but meeting him you can tell immediately that he's exceptionally passionate about what he does mm-hmm. and he wants to make his game the best it can possibly be. Yeah. And he knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He had that play field up and he's pointing out all the little things that he's done and mm-hmm. how what he's designed for this particular thing mm-hmm. is so much better than what other people have done. Mm-hmm. And you could tell they're not just sales pitch claims. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually produced something that's you wouldn't say revolutionary, but mm. a step above what other people are doing in pinball at the moment. Yep. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yep. It's interesting because I think that doing something that Stern isn't doing, which is thinking about little things that make the game better in terms of functionality, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that... I think Stern... Uh, sort of rest on their laurels a little bit with certain like functionality elements of their design mm. um, they kind of just do the same thing that they've been doing because it's what's worked in the past and yeah. there's not really any reason to change and because yeah. the change costs money because it has to be designed and all that sort of thing mm. and maybe it's partly because Mike is starting from ground zero or from square one Mm. that he has the opportunity to he's got to design everything anyway so he's going to design it but and he's building every single part himself yeah yeah but it's clearly not just that because you can tell just from the fact that he's trying to manufacture in china and he's actually doing taking risks doing things differently Mm. so i think he is actually thinking about he doesn't care about what other people are doing. He's going to do it the way he wants to do it because yeah. he thinks that it's the best way. Yeah. And he's actually trying to think about what is the best way. Yeah. 
of doing something. Yep. And I think that he's probably, I don't think that what he's going for is a really complex, like interesting, super interesting game that's mm. got like, you know, rules like Valinor and, yeah. you know, he's just trying to make something fun that is mechanically really well done yep. and not super expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think he's achieved those goals. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that was the big yeah. takeaway for me, um, as as someone who invests a lot of creative effort in creating and producing things. Seeing what Mike has has produced and made, I mean, that just must be. I, I would be so proud if that was me because mm. it's not just a thing on four legs. Yeah. That's that's um working it's actually a proper pinball mm. machine yeah and he's built that yeah he's built every single part of that yeah and that's that's very impressive to yeah. me yeah 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 and he is he is as you said a controversial character and says things people don't like but you know to be running a business in a country that's not even your native country mm. and designing a pinball game mm. i mean I think he he said that he would he probably I don't know if, I don't know if he said he would choose not to do it could he go back in time but man that's such a huge undertaking and yeah. and basically the guy's crazy for yeah for try, for trying it yeah <laughs> and he succeeded I mean even if he's built that one he's he's built it yeah. and it works so yeah very impressive and the interesting thing about that was that he's not taking that home he doesn't want to take it home, so he actually sold it on the day. Oh, really? Yeah, someone I don't know if someone it. bought it. <laughs> I didn't get someone that far into the conversation. Someone but, would have. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Probably Dave. Yeah, it could be. He'd buy yeah. it. I mean, Dave, yeah, his pinball collection is redonkulous. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have the System 11 World Championships on one side of his driveway, which has, I don't know, how many System 11 yeah. pinball machines. Yep which are the qualifying and finals and blah, blah, blah. But then you walk out of the other side of the driveway, mm. walk into his like extension off the house and there's 200 pinball machines yeah. on free play. Yeah. It's incredible. He must have comps there on the regular, surely. You can't just, you can't just lock that away and just let it, you know. Mm. I'm so jealous of the people that just locally live and just get to be part of mm. that community because mm. that collection is crazy. Yeah. And yeah, just amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had anything to say on Pincade, Matt, or Thunderbirds, or anything in particular. Um, so I played a bunch of Thunderbirds. I think the main thing I thought about it was that it was tuned way too hard for really? someone like me. Yeah. No, you think so? Yeah. And Mark no thought way. it was floating. I, uh, I didn't get that, but I mean, I'm not hmm. that you know perceptive, I guess. Well, you. Probably, well, you are a lot newer to pinball than what we are. Yeah. Well, it's all relative, though. Like, but I, but think... I spoke to spoke to Mike about it. He said, "Oh, this is not the latest code. The thing that to get the multi ball, you got to hit these two stand ups. That ramp comes down mm-hmm. for ten seconds, and then you got to hit the shot off the ramp three times. And there's people there trying all day to get it. Mm. And I think I mean, only saw it twice. Basically, yeah. people actually get the multi ball." And we had uh, some of the best players from Australia and New Zealand there, and not many people could get it. Yeah, so, and so we're all talking like, oh yeah, the the latest version actually the ramp's down for way longer. Mm. Yeah, and I'm telling him that's way too hard. This other thing, 
I thought there's so there's lights in the center play field to tell you what uh, things you completed. I thought it was broken because I'd never seen them lit up because hmm. no one was completing any of the things. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Hmm. And so that's what I was telling him. You need 27 shots on that ramp to, to complete. And I'm like, that, that's never going to happen. <laughs> you know, maybe great players, but there's no way I'm doing that. Hmm. Let alone all the other things you're supposed to do. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the difficulty of pinball, it's an interesting topic because I think that sometimes when you like a game, I feel like part of it is that your skill level matches the challenge level of the game. And sometimes I think with pinball games, the challenge level, it can be quite static. Hmm. Like for one, for example, when people talk about um, The Walking Dead and some people love that game, I think I don't like it because it's hard. Like yeah, it's really hard. It's a very hard game. It's unforgiving. Yeah. And, and I think that it's just, just a little bit too hard for me. Um, and when I play games like, um, like Lord of the Rings... It's a bit easier, and the game goes longer. Yeah, and that makes it more fun. Hmm. Especially when I was first starting out, like because just because the ball times are longer. Yeah, and it's easier to catch the ball. And I think Star Trek, the new Stern Star Trek, newish, is um, like that too. Like it's so easy to catch the ball because the flipper angle, the end of stroke, like when you're holding the flipper and it's up, is so so much higher than some other games hmm. um, that it's very easy to catch the ball even if you don't have like drop catch or live catch skills hmm. um, in contrast a game like Ghostbusters has such a shallow end of stroke or like when you're like the top part of where the um, flipper sits when you're holding it hmm. that it makes it very difficult to catch the ball yeah. and so I guess it depends on what kind of player you are. Maybe, yeah, I mean, Ghostbusters suits people that are less control-oriented because they don't do that anyway, so they don't care. But Mm. it's so hard to control, and I think that's part of the reason I don't like the game. Yeah, right. Um, Because I find it very difficult to play. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it repels me. (laughs) Yeah. I actually really like Ghostbusters. I think it's great. It is Well, that's tough. interesting because you're a control player too. Hmm. I find... I don't think it's that hard to control. I'm more of a drop catcher. Yeah. And I think on that machine it's not hard to drop catch. Another thing you can do with shallow flippers is just to pass over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that's mainly it for me. It's been pincade. Mm-hmm. Five days of chaos, very little sleep, mm. lots of drinking, eating good food, mm-hmm. um, but also bad food, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, talking with 100 and 150 people, yeah. playing in competition. Um, pretty much the day I got back, I slept most of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. but so much fun. There's something about pinball that's different to other games, and the four-player match play. In terms of when you're out with a bunch of people and there's like a lot of social stuff going on, mm. the four-player match play cultivates something that you don't get playing normal like other arcade games mm. because only one person is actually playing. If it's only two people, then you can't really talk to that person while they're playing. Mm. But when there's four of you, there's usually at least one person that you can have a chat with. Yeah. 
So And you're waiting anyway because the player up on the machine is playing. Yeah. So you're just sort of standing around so with the other three people. Yeah. And yeah, some of the best times is just joking around while someone's usually Matt Venables <laughs> having a super long ball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Pincade wasn't just pinball though, there was arcade as well. Not as much as I would like. I would like to see more Cade in Pincade. Mm-hmm. But there was there was arcade. I mean, we played, was it Sinistar? Yeah. Yeah, apparently that's a really rare game. Um, we played Daytona. Yeah. And I never really appreciated Daytona before. I never thought much of it, but we had a I bloody good time I playing don't Daytona. Daytona. Well, was you should have been player? there this year. Yeah. yeah. Just two? Yeah. Because I thought, think part of the excitement is that you can have like eight players. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. no, I had a ball playing Daytona. It's, it's kind of like Mario Kart, but without the shells. Yeah, we kind of realised <laughs> there is a catch-off in there, like I, which I never yeah, knew. Yeah. 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 It seems the player at the back is just a little bit faster. Oh, it's so we're, faster. We always have, yeah, yeah. So we'd always have close races. Really. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Missile Command, Moon Patrol... Did you play Silent Scope? No, that wasn't there. It wasn't there? No, was it there before? Oh, that game. It was at... um, I don't don't know the guy's name, but... One of the places. Hmm. That's the sniper one? Yeah. Uh, I've seen people play it, I don't know. I don't think I ever played it, but I always thought it looked cool. That was another game that I played, like, in the same era when I played Tekken Tag at the Parameter Hmm. Playtime, or whatever it was called. I played it um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the game where you, um, as you're aiming around, you look in some windows and there's some nudie girl and you get some like power up or something? <laughs> really? I don't know. I never knew about that. If it wouldn't okay. surprise me, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. But it's basically like for anyone who doesn't know, it's like you were playing a sniper. It's like mm. a light gun game, but you have a sniper. Mm. But it, the way that it worked was you had the big sniper gun mounted on this thing so you could stand and hold a gun and then you had the screen which was like would show uh, you know uh, an urban vista with buildings and stuff and there'd be people far away and it would have like some guys in a window or something and then be a red circle and they're about to shoot at you and just like virtual cop it would like get smaller and so you'd look look at the big screen and then aim and then you'd look through the scope and there's like a little screen inside the scope hmm. which is zoomed in so yeah. just like you're looking through a sniper rifle and then you shoot and yeah it's pretty cool it was a really cool idea hmm. and it was pretty fun hmm. yeah and you'd get like points for headshots and that sort of thing hmm. at one of the guys at Pincade last year he had had the silent scope okay i don't remember seeing that but a lot there's a lot to see attention to actually it was one really awkward moment i was talking with um one of the hosts and i know the husband quite well but i didn't know the wife so well Mm -hmm. and she's talking about oh yeah last year you would have been at at our place and you know and i was like oh yeah i can't really remember and she's like oh you know the one with the it's a new brick house and this and that and I'm going, I, I don't really remember and I was starting to feel really bad because these people put on so much work yeah. to host Yeah. and if you're talking to someone and to they don't like remember being at your house yeah. at your house, can you imagine a hundred people? Can you imagine a hundred people in here? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's chaos and I, I felt really bad but I couldn't remember it wasn't only afterwards the day after I remembered, oh yeah it's that person and that person's place and I just felt so horrible. 
but it's the type of event where you're Such going from so many different places and venues and again drinking quite a few happy beverages yeah um, the last thing you remember is the bricks on the outside of the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was trying to say to her what games do you have and then she went through some of the games and it's well all the games that you play everywhere else so that yeah. didn't really help yeah and, but yeah as soon as i remembered the husband who I know much better than the wife, then I went, oh, yeah, it's that place. The husband would know the couple of rare ones that only he has that no one else would know. Yeah, and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun, but exhausting, but a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. What, let's say, I'll ask both of you, what game did you have the most fun playing while you were in New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to like my answer. <laughs> That's all right. I know. I don't, don't, don't have to like it. <laughs> just a fun. Oh, you might. Um, at the very end of Pincade, at Dave's place in his. Are you going to say Tron? How did you? Are you going to say Tron? <laughs> <laughs> because um, Terry Hunt, Terry Hunt, a friend of ours, um, he was talking to me about something I can't even remember what. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yeah, last year, or maybe it was a couple of years ago, I got really stuck on Tron because someone told me there's this other extra multiball mode on the LE version. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, and I thought, hang on, I've never got it either. Because when I owned Tron, I owned a Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Pro, which doesn't have this extra multiball mode. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'd kind of like to try to get that. Mm-hmm. And so he was taunting me for ages saying, you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. So I just went in there... Um, close to closing time and just played that I must have played that for about an hour <laughs> just over and over trying to get that multi-ball and just re- remembering how much I love Tron and miss having Tron so Tron <laughs> I think it's not just that you played it in every venue that had it oh that's true yeah I did didn't I can I can I explain <laughs> the animosity around Tron and between you and me you, you, you might have to remind me. It's because you swapped it. Yeah. You had it. Yeah. And you swapped it yeah. for something else. Yeah. For Wonelli. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was very dismayed and disappointed. A lot of people were. <laughs> <laughs> they thought, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Tron's a great game. And it is a great game. Yeah. But I don't regret swapping it for Wonelli. That's fine. Because... Uh, maybe I've told this story on the podcast, I can't remember, but when I come back from a super serious competition, like, say, Brisbane Masters, Melbourne Match Play, mm-hmm. I come home, I step up to Wernelly, I play a game, and I've just got a big smile on my face because it's just stupid fun. So you will play a big comp and then drive home and then go and play Wernelly right after? Not right after. <laughs> maybe a couple of days after. Sorry. That was <laughs> a stupid joke. <laughs> no, I don't regret that swap, but I do really miss Tron. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have a Tron. That's a really cool game. Mm. Mm. What about you, Matt? What was the game that you enjoyed playing the most? Mm. Was it? I mean, Silent Scope. <laughs> no, because it wasn't there. I, I would have played it if it was available. Yeah, this hard answer. I just remember. I remember when it was there, like. I saw it and I was like, I have to play this. And we were playing lots of other stuff and I finally got around to it at night, late. And I was so tired that 
I couldn't really play it properly, but I just made myself play it because <laughs> I'm just like, I have to play this thing. Yeah, it's a shame that I didn't get to have a good go on it, but hmm. anyway. Do you remember whose place it was? I don't know the person's name or... It was the place that was... They're going to be really upset that you don't know this. They're not going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> it was very long and he had the... He had the, like, um, what do you call that thing that's like the bubble with the hockey guys? Uh, he had foosball. one of those. No, it wasn't foosball, but it's the like a foosball. Uh, I think I know the one you mean. Was that the one where half the house was a game room? Possibly. And then the next one along... That, it was literally was... half the house was a game room. I mean, like, the Saturday night. He had air hockey and he had the basketball thing. Bigger. The okay. basketball game. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He had that heaps of really cool stuff that was like not the same old things that everyone else had. And he had a Prince 45 on the wall and I really wanted to ask him how much he wanted to keep it on the wall. <laughs> but I decided that I was too introverted to do that. So mm. <laughs> I didn't He might have went, that. sure, here you go, just have it. He might have. He might have. And that was the scenario that missed. I imagined in my head. Mm. Um, then you would have been super disappointed when he said, get out. But that wouldn't have happened. And <laughs> no, that's no. why I should have just They're all done super it. nice. <laughs> he, it probably would have went something like, oh man, you've got that Prince thing, that's pretty cool. And he would have been like, yeah, yeah, Prince is pretty cool. And I would have been like, cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. In that whole time, did you have time to figure out a game that... You no, I don't know anything that really stands out. So I played a lot of high speed. Oh, the music. Yeah, so that yeah. was another one that stood out at that place for me because... Wait, no, I was thinking of No Fear and that's totally different. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, high speed. Yeah. High speed one? Yeah, yeah the original. Oh. The music. Never played it. There's a couple of venues there. The music was this pervasive thing head. through yeah. the whole weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of good music, but then when that drum beat's just doing the drum beat, is the it drum the same music terrible. that's in High Speed Two? No. Okay. No, it's different. Because right. the High Speed Two getaway is um, ZZ Top. Yeah. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, I find it more annoying. I think because it's a real song. If it was just a, song, I love it. Wasn't it. a real song. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's because it's. Yeah, anyway. Um. <laughs> so Missile Command I've never played oh. on a real cabinet before so with the trackball yeah, yeah, I had yeah, the exact same good. experience it's like we just swapped places so <laughs> I did the exact same thing and I was like I played it on I had it on Game Boy yeah. and I used to play it heaps on that I had Galaga and Missile Command in like a two pack yeah. classic Namco classics and um, I played it heaps and then when I played the arcade I was like Man, this is so much easier with yeah. the actual... Easier? I okay, thought it was. Much easier. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it took some time it is, to get used to yeah, it. Yeah, it took a while, yeah. And, and, and the ball is really big. Yeah. So you really so, need to put some effort in it. It's a funny thing, like, mm-hmm. I've been following all the controversy in Twin Galaxies, things are going on lately. Uh, Billy Mitchell. There's yeah. controversy? Yeah. 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 And, and one of the things I came across was there's apparently two sizes of the Missile Command ball, track ball. Mm-hmm. You can get ones that have a smaller ball. Hmm. So I'm wondering how that plays. That sounds like cheating. Time. Yeah, and that well, that's part of the guy's claim. <laughs> ah, because you can have the smaller ball and dip switch setting that makes it that, that's for the bigger ball, and 
apparently oh. it's easier to oh okay I see so you don't have to move it as much Something you like would that, get yeah. more precision or maybe less precision I don't know well some um, some whatever the do the opposite thing yeah, yeah. you probably have to travel were... less distance to get to where you need to go I thought they the were usually very strict with the type the version that you played it would be maybe there's two uh, tracks yeah. maybe there's the big ball and the, and the little okay. ball the, the problem is that the the switches weren't documented properly originally mm. so they didn't know about um, this until all the scores were already mashed together and you can't go back and so throw all the scores out starting in yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, mm. the, the difficulty escalates a lot in yeah. Missile Command yeah, do you, yeah. We, should, we should explain what Missile Command is for people <laughs> who don't know okay. it's basically it's, what year is it we'll have to look it up must be okay. early 80s, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. But the game is, um, so missiles come down from the sky and you have like six cities that you have to protect yeah. and you've got three um, like anti-air battery guns and so you've got, is it? do you actually have three buttons? Yeah. I think you did, yeah. yeah. So there's three buttons and so you can, each button corresponds to a gun that will fire a missile and it's like a flak weapon so it fires to where you have the cursor and then explodes into like a round explosion hmm. and if the attacking missile which is coming from the sky I'm doing lots of hand movements that yeah. no one's seeing <laughs> except for you guys um, the attacking missiles that come from the sky go inside that explosion it um, will cancel it out hmm. so the whole idea is that you create this defense with your missiles and sometimes there's planes that go across the screen that will fire missiles as well and UFOs and stuff. And yeah, as you get further along, you have to uh, protect your cities, but they get faster and there's more missiles and hmm. sometimes they'll split off into like multiple shots. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that I only played because I had that classic. I, just because my dad, I guess, he played Gallagher. Galaga. Galaga. And, um... Wait, you say Galaga. I say, I Galaga. say Galaga. Yeah. So now we've mixed it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to change my ways because uh, I've been told that it's wrong. Ah. And so... Let's see. I wonder who said that. <sighs> my wife, who's a teacher, and oh, is always right, right in everything okay. that she says. Yeah, okay. And God bless her existence and... It's the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gallagher. 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 Um, oh. Yeah, so my, my dad played that a lot. And then, so we got it because of that, but then it had Missile Command to me. It had Missile Command as well, which I found very fun. Mm. And so yeah, played a lot of that. Yeah, so I had it on the, on the Atari 2600, mm -hmm. like everything. Mm. And yeah, I mean... That's the explanation of the game when you understand what's going on. But when you when you're five years old, it's just lines mm -hmm. and circles. It's, it's quite abstract. <laughs> like you, yeah, it's true. So you look at the box and you and okay, you understand and the name of the game. Oh, it's missile command. So they're missiles, I guess, and that's drop command. But but they're just lines. Yeah. And and you press the button and there's a circle. And if the line goes the line. into your circle, mm -hmm. then it stops it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should be called line circle. But yeah. sometimes if if you have the lines hit each other, then don't you get like a, um, a cataclysmic explosion or yeah. like it can, doesn't when, if, if the attacking missile hits your 
explosion, doesn't it then do another explosion and then it explodes off that? It can be like a cluster of explosions. Not that I remember. No? Okay. Don't look at me. I haven't played it enough to know. I've only played it a couple of times. Look at this guy. I know. The one old game I played. (laughs) (laughs) They also had a... um, Robotron. What am I talking about? Old games are relative, like that girl in CEX that was like, did you know the See, PS2? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, they had a Robotron 2084 there as well, dedicated, and I love that game. Mm-hmm. But sadly, one of the joysticks didn't fire downward, oh, and I think that was the case last year as well. So, second time looking forward to playing it, and it still wasn't working, so that's a bit of a shame, but... You should put in a complaint. I should. I should, I should ask for my money back. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so. That's Yee's place. I think yeah. he sell. He has like a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I've got a sad story about that. Um, so he had the safe cracker. Yeah. And remember, we got the coins. We so when you do, I don't know what you need to do, but I think it's when you got a good score or no, something. You got to complete the maze up the top. Right. It drops a coin out, hmm. and it's like this special safe cracker, and you're like, oh yeah. People hang on to these and like, okay, I'll hang on to mine. And I had it in my pocket on the plane ride back and it was the same pocket I put my phone in and like on the plane ride I was pulling my phone in and out obviously of my pocket and I think it must have fallen out on the plane. So it's on some uh, virgin plane or something, (laughs) my safe cracker coin and I'm really sad about that. It's in some country somewhere. Yep. Sad. Or in the trash. Yeah, they probably picked it up and went. (laughs) 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 What currency is this from what (laughs) third world country? Safe cracker. (laughs) How to pronounce Galaga on YouTube? (laughs) (laughs) I just found it as well. Come on, Wi-Fi. Pronouncenames.com Galaga That's apparently a name. Galaga <laughs> Galaga I'd say that's more like what the way I say it. Do we? <laughs> Galaga That's definitely more like the way I say no, it. No, Galaga. Galaga. Oh, yeah, you're right. Anyway. That was ah. a failed attempt. Galaga. <laughs> uh, maybe it is the difference between a Japanese pronunciation. Well, a Japanese pronunciation should be the right one because they made the game. True. So what you're saying is I'm still wrong despite the YouTube evidence. <laughs> yep. I, I, that is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I knew you would side with... Something yourself and not YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, have you got anything to add to what we have been playing? Um, Are there any did, river raid updates? Uh, not well. Been busy. Label gate. I mean, I I considered changing the end name on the label because it says river raid, but I mean, it just says river raid. Mm. I probably should say Rewrite yeah. too. So if you had both cartridges, you could tell the difference. I think you should even take it one step further, further and write Tournament Edition. That's too long. No, but you don't... P- 
People are going to ask you what's TE. No, then they... No, it, it's like NBA they, Jam. They just or... burn in the hell of ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> should make it TE dash. Turbo. Remember the NBA Jam music? No, I don't. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play that game much. <sighs> and then I downloaded software to do PCB design called Eagle. Eagle? Eagle. Hmm. Yeah, I hate it. Why? I mean, it's, uh, it's just fiddly... It's just, I would imagine so any much more piece difficult. of software designed to design a PCB would be fiddly. I don't know why it is though. Why can't I just put a thing here and put a thing there? <laughs> Connect the wires? No, it's it's a big pain. Hmm. Hmm. And yeah, I, I looked around for a few other things and then it seemed much easier. Do you even need to... Couldn't you even... Isn't it like just a graphical thing? Like couldn't you actually just... So use a vector program to draw a graphic and then do the PCB off that. Yeah. So you can do homemade things too. So you can you pretty much do that. Just do yeah. a graphic and get a laser cutter mm. and put it on raster mode and you mm. you can get copper. I thought you can even PCB do basically and any. You mean a laser printer? Uh, no, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. I thought you could do it with a printer. I think if you do it with a printer, you've got to um, transfer it onto the thing yeah. and then acid wash it and then yeah. stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's the really thing, but I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think tell actually me that the River Raid TE dream is going to die now with this speed hump. <laughs> after everything we've been through. <laughs> it's likely that the, the, the wires are going to be too small to do you know manually hmm. so it would have to be i don't know it have to be yeah, well, i don't so know but if you if you did have the design then do you just send it off to a company and say make me this pcb yeah okay hmm. so it doesn't sound like that much of a hurdle i i'm just after, the software what john been... said after all we've been through, <laughs> this can't be the hurdle. I mean, Labelgate was huge. I mean, after yeah, all but this you've is... been through and Mark has been through <laughs> and all I've been through. And the listeners. And all everyone who's listening has been through. <laughs> this is the this hardest part. Aid. Re, you know, writing machine code, trying to figure out, you know, how to reverse engineer the game. That was all easy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting this dumb Eagle software to work, to do what I want, that's the hard part. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but I haven't spent much time on it. So Pincade. Yeah, that happened. There was another yeah. there's another thing. What was the other thing? Yeah, yesterday. Oh yeah. There so was the We also did a pinball oh, tournament. Seems so far One of the rare <laughs> a rare pinball <laughs> tournament in Sydney that would have been IFPA thingied, yeah. It was rare because there's not many tournaments in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. It was also rare because Roger Z played in it. I know. That's a very rare occurrence. Yeah. Usually because he's running the tournament, so he doesn't play That's in not it. an excuse. I've played in tournaments <laughs> I've run before. True. <laughs> in fact, a lot of people do. <laughs> but yeah, that was the, what's it called? The Sydney Knockout Tournament. And it was the first one. Hmm? And I thought that played quite well. 
um, and ran quite well. Yeah, it was a big turnout. Yeah, 31 players. That's awesome. Yeah, um, two strikes knockout at the Annandale Hotel. You mean he didn't use like a really weird format like I did? No, no, <laughs> just traditional. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I was just two strikes with an extra chance. That's how Dan Robar distilled it into one sentence. Isn't that three strikes? No, it's not. Because you only get the extra chance if you... You get knocked out straight away? Yeah. Yeah. So if you win a game, you don't get the extra chance. I could have used that last night. Yeah. Because I was knocked out straight away. It's inclusive. (laughs) For people like you. I should have. I should have talked to Daniel. Actually, not for people like you. Didn't come like sixth in the System Eleven Championship. What happened? Uh, You're going to blame jet lag. No, no, and I could probably blame being tired and all of that. But no, I just play like rubbish. Okay. Rubbish got sixth, and I got like eighty-four. Oh, in the System Eleven Championship. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How many people are in that competition? About 84. No, I was, was near the bottom. 91. 91. I, yeah. I was like fourth last. Wow. 89. 89. Yeah. yeah. A lot. That's a lot of effort to come fourth last. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like half your day, at least, if you want to be in that comp to qualify. Um, well, we got there early-ish and got most of the games done. That's a good way to do it. Before the line started. Except for and, me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I was scoring. Busy. Yeah. 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 It's 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 funny with those lines because it's okay, it's not that bad, but the problem is when you get towards the end and you're like, I only need to play this one game and there's heaps of people waiting. Mm. And then assholes like me who were scoring will walk up to the line and go, oh, I'm going to push in here, I'm going to have my game now. Like <laughs> yeah, that's right, because if, if you're a scorer, yeah, you could just play. And then there's a great player in front of you in the line. They're like, oh, this won't take long. These games don't last very long. There's only two people in front of me, and then... No. Yeah, I, I had to apologise to one guy, because I pushed in front of him and said, look, I've got to get my games done. Um, I'm going to go on this one ahead of you. And he said, yeah, that's cool. You're, you're a scorer. I, I understand that. And he'd been waiting for ages. And so I stepped up, and I had the longest game, almost the longest game you could possibly have on a System 11 machine. High score number two on the score table... Everyone, like, I, I turned around and walked off and people, like, clapping and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and this poor guy had just been standing there for so long. The whole time he's just looking at his shoes, talking to himself, going, Robert, assuming his name's Robert. Robert, <laughs> you're just too nice sometimes. <laughs> <sighs> nice guy's finished last. He couldn't have contested it anyway. Yeah. I was a scorer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was the System 11 comp. But, the, um, but you got knocked out by the winner? Was that, was that you or something? Yeah, else? yeah. So when I got into the finals rounds, I got through my first one, first match in the finals, then I went up against Rob McCauley. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend of ours from Adelaide. One of the top players in Australia by a long way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he knocked me out in that final. But it seems to be becoming a bit of a, a theme because he also knocked me out in the finals of Brisbane Masters and then went on to win that as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, you've got all these. What's if you, if it's a plural of nemesis? Is it nemesi? <laughs> got these nemesi. Nemesis. Nemesis. But I, I I don't mind losing to people that I really like, and I really like Rob. Okay. So uh, it's it's almost to the point now where I don't know. I do kind of stupid things where I just I pick a game that I know 
he's really good at. Here it comes. Here's the excuse. But I, I just want to do it anyway because I just enjoy playing him on games that he's really good at. But they also happen to be the games that I do well on. Okay. And I try and sh- stick to my strategy of playing the, the games that are to my strengths mm-hmm. rather than my opponent's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did on both occasions choose the two games that were his strongest games in the System 11 champs. Um, but I don't care. I had fun anyway. So. That's good. And I'm really happy that he won it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Mm. Is that everything from you, Matt? Or yeah, I guess yeah. Had, I, I also got it? knocked out really early yesterday. Yeah, so no, yeah, still, we both did straight away. So I, I never recovered from last. Oh, Sunday. that's your excuse. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing at the same level that I did on Sunday <laughs> as I did. But on you'd, Tuesday. You'd, you'd think Wednesday. When was okay, it? I've come off five days of playing pinball. I must be really sharp right now. I'll, I'll be playing really well. But no, no, you just stink. I think there's a fatigue thing that happens. You get fatigue. Yeah, you can. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't really feel like going for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, and I'd actually even forgotten that that comp was on mm. until someone reminded me when, yep. I, when we were in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, yeah, that's the Wednesday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... The fact that it's the first proper competition held in Sydney for a long time, mm. kind of have to go. Mm-hmm. Plus, Roger running Z-Ball, my original league, I need I need to support Z-Ball as much as possible because they're all cool guys, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was still fun. So how did it work? I'm curious about the payment. Did you pay a certain amount to get in or...? Ten bucks. Okay, cool. <clears throat> That's mm. good. And there was free beer. Not free beer for the entire night, but Dayan was Dayan, the guy who was running it, um, was getting jugs of beer every now and so again. So that's and how we got thirty people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and trophies. Um, yeah. So he put in quite a bit of effort. Yeah, so I mean that's, that's my experience good. of running competitions. Is basically you have to put a bunch of your own money into it because yeah, it's not a profitable thing to that's do that's right sometimes it's a loss but you do it because you enjoy it yeah it's fun I, I enjoyed doing it I really enjoyed doing it it was a little bit dirty though because um, he said oh you know I organised this tournament and you know I wanted to finally have an IFPA comp in Sydney and mm-hmm. he also got knocked out straight away <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's but these yeah. things happen it's funny though because I think I totally understand that motivation because you you are trying to do it to give everyone more scoring opportunities. Like if you're running a comp that's IFPA sanctioned, you're doing it because you want to include the whopper points Hmm. um, and give everyone a chance to earn more whopper points so that they can, you know, have their skills recognized, which means they can be in like the ACS, which means Hmm. that they can then even possibly be included in international tournaments. Mm. Um, And so you need those opportunities and that's the motivation. And I think it starts with, I want to be like, you have that personal thing that you want to try and get to those higher levels. You want to have more scoring opportunities and and it's reflected in with other people too. But yeah, unfortunately then also have to try and win Mm. (laughs) to get the points. Yeah. And also being introduced in that way to a tournament 
can often hook people that were possibly not interested in yeah. that previously. Like, yeah. I know I have a competitive nature, that's obvious because I've always competed in games, but when I originally started playing pinball, I couldn't give two shits about playing in a pinball competition. Mm. It was just not interesting to me. But once I started going into competitions that were IFPA rated, mm. and like I said, you're earning those whopper points, mm. well, pinball player ranking points, mm. you can compare yourself against other people yeah. and then you see how you're improving mm. um, on a table of other players yeah. and it does become addictive and you, mm. you can then you know, make the leap of, oh, I'm actually interested in being a competitive player now. Mm. So, yeah. and, and we saw that last night. There was a lot of new faces. Mm. A lot of the new Z-Ball League players who I don't really know the names of, but they've been coming for a little while now. Mm. So, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's good that it's happening. And Dayan indicated that there's going to be another one next month. Cool. Yeah. So it's good that Sydney's going to have competitions again. Interesting. Now I feel compelled to partic- participate. Mm. It's a matter of having time though, isn't it? The other problem is that my one pinball machine that I have is not bloody working at the moment. You know what you should do? You should fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I've never had a game that didn't work before. Mm. It's so weird because I it was working and then I left it unplugged for a couple of weeks. And then the next time I tried to switch it on, it didn't switch on. Mm. It has really to be a fuse. Must be. We had a lightning storm, but it wasn't plugged in. Yeah, that doesn't during really that matter. Time. Oh, yeah. if it wasn't plugged in, yeah. It wasn't plugged in. I thought you meant if it wasn't turned on, but yeah. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't connected at all. So that theory is going right out the window. Mm. You should give it to me. Yeah, okay. You want to take it? <laughs> I'll just pop it in the car on the way We home. already established that you need to remove your hot water heater if you want one more game. <laughs> that could be a problem. Yeah. Mm. So then I'll keep it. Oh, okay. This time. But if you want a second hot water heater, I can take one of your games because I do have space. Right. Yep. Okay. Just putting that out there. Okay. Yep. Right. When I need a second water heater, I'll let you know. Okay. Cool. Deal. When the tiny bells come along. (laughs) Several tiny bells. (laughs) People can't see the hand movements of me patting the several tiny bells on the heads. No. (laughs) Triplets, I think you're going to have. You reckon? That's your bold prediction? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you ever decide to do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm t- tapping three imaginary tiny bells on the head, so that's what I think is going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. But not Pomeranians. We've already got Pomeranians. Yeah. Yeah. They're <laughs> tiny bells. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We're not talking about games, so people are getting bored. Yeah, that's right. Let's talk about games. <laughs> um, is that everything from you, Matt? Yeah, I'll do. Okay. I didn't play anything else. So should we talk about... So boring. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, you indicated before, John, about the news that hit The big, big yesterday, news. Or the day before, that PAX Australia, our most favourite event and the thing that we look forward to every year, and for me, literally the most fun gaming thing that I go mm-hmm. to, 
mm-hmm. is now partnering with EB Expo. Yep. And Dogs I and don't... cats living together. <laughs> yeah. Mass hysteria. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. So, I mean, I saw the news, but I don't even know what is, is what's there to know. I mean, is it a problem or is it a good thing? But that's the thing. We don't know. We're all speculating. Oh. But there could potentially be a problem when you have mm. a really large retail corporation now partnering with what would be a community-run mm. thing. Mm. I mean, uh, EB going to have the, the leeway or the, the power to say, well, we don't want as many indie games featured now. We yeah. want more AAA stuff. Yeah. Um, can people have a panel and talk about the the problem with retail pushing used games mm. on people well, the, the, pre-orders from, or is that going to be squashed because EB is mm. now involved from the post though it said EB Expo would be inside packs I don't know mm. if there's any more information because I didn't really go and seek it out but which maybe we should have done but that the way that came across to me was okay this is what I think um I think that PACS in Australia probably maybe doesn't have the same um, infrastructure of organization that perhaps the US PACS have and seems to struggle in that area. And so maybe they're going... What makes you say that? Because... I mean, I've never been to an international pack, so I can't say. Yeah, I mean, I look, it's total speculation, all the things that I'm saying now, but I get that feeling because there seems to be, and I, and I love going to packs, but some of the areas seem to have this amateur, unorganised feeling. And even people that we talk to, and I won't name anyone specific, have told us, like, from the inside that, you know, the organisers were not very um, organised, basically, and were making things very difficult. Um, and I don't know if it's maybe because that's from a perspective of an area that's not seen as important, or mm. if it's just because... I mean, it's a huge thing to organise something like this. It yeah, is massive. massive. Um, and so, you know, it's no, it's no small thing, and, and I can't, like you know, say that these people are doing a bad job because I can't even fathom what it would take to organise something like PAX. But, um, you know, it seems like... I mean, it makes total sense to me to think they probably have main organisational staff which are at the top and then they come over here and they have staff at the middle and lower levels that they don't usually work with and are Mm. not used to working with and have to work with to organize this stuff. And I think it's probably not as well organized as maybe the ones in the US. I could be wrong, but, mm-hmm. but and so that leads me to thinking that I wonder if they've gone, okay, here's a company retailer who is doing their own convention in this country. And maybe to me, the, the side of, with all the modern games is almost like an EB Expo in itself. Mm. There's a lot of indie stuff, of course, but there's other games too. And 
I haven't been to EB, EB Expo yeah, either anyway, because so maybe I might have the wrong idea about what EB Expo is, mm. but I imagine it is showing off all the new stuff that's coming out. And so why not have another entity organize all that side of things who are already invested in that? Like they're invested in showing off new stuff because it's their business. So mm. why not have them do that side and then we'll just focus on all the other stuff and make sure that it's done properly. Mm. Um, that is the most positive way that I see. Yeah, that this. would be good if that's the case. Yeah, um, and because they said EB is EB Expo is going to be inside packs, I'm hoping that they're just going to be in that area, and then it's not going to affect anything else that's happening at packs. Like all the panels and stuff are different, and if anything, maybe they'll have more panels from like big. Triple A companies that are involved because mm. of EB's involvement, and really the big thing I see them bringing is like a, the cash injection, which is not necessarily good, but it it might have some benefits. Mm. So contrary to that, <laughs> I mean I I don't like EB. I hate EB basically, um, and um, it's kind of funny like. I mean, people like EB. I go into EB. Um, I I like it better now than before because at least they have like, they have the whole loot stuff like with some merch and stuff from yeah, all the games. I do like that now. T-shirts and they have yeah. board games and puzzles and like different things. Yeah. Um, but it it's it's a business, and I mean the big thing that I don't like, like the whole pre-owned thing is really not good i think for the industry on the whole mm. and for people that don't know i'm sure most people know but you know the way that eb sells pre-owned games like that is the the, the most profitable part profitable part of their business because mm. they buy new games and i don't know what the percentage is like but basically when you sell a new game a percentage goes to the publisher, a percentage goes to the developer, and then a percentage goes to the retailer. And obviously in Australia, we probably also have an importer who gets a little bit as well, I'd imagine. I don't really know specifically. But um, basically, the part that the retailer gets is very small in comparison, obviously, to what you know the publisher gets. With secondhand games, when you trade your games in, EB gives you money, then they sell that game and get 100% of what they sold yeah. it for. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, that's how I understand it to be. And so for them, that's why they do all these trading deals, like trade in your you know, Xbox One yeah. and we'll sell you a PS whatever or an Xbox One X for this much. Hmm. Um, Even when you buy a new game, they say, oh, if you don't like it, then feel free, hmm. you can... You can bring it back and yeah. we'll buy it back off you for such yeah. and such as a pre-owned game. Yeah. And that's also why they have such a huge library of these shovelware like pre-owned mm. games because it doesn't matter because they make the amount they make on selling pre-owned games it's so much that they don't it's not a risk really to have all those games in stock. Yeah, and I, I don't actually mind that they sell pre-owned games. I think that's fair enough and I think it's great if someone can come in and buy a game that's cheaper than brand new but my mm. main problem with that whole 
um, way of doing things is that they'll sell their pre-owned games for like five dollars cheaper than retail. Yeah. Uh, than new. Yeah. So I think, and that's just a roar. Yeah. So I think that's something that, like for me, it's really the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of whether I want to buy stuff from them because um, because it's one thing to sell a game and the thing is that they're kind of taking money away from developers because when they sell a pre-owned game developer gets nothing so if that game gets resold five times that's five different people that have played it and the developer only got paid once for that mm. um, so you're not really supporting a developer by buying pre-owned games and if it was yeah it it's kind of like an ad insult to injury thing when they're selling the game for, you know, still a high price, even though it's second hand. And the argument is, well, when it's software, it's just as good basically because it's actually doesn't really experience any wear and tear mm. from being played. Mm. But and and people might think, okay, yeah, I'll save ten bucks and I'll buy a second hand copy. But by saving that ten bucks, you're costing the developer like twenty or thirty dollars that they would have got out of selling that game, mm. and that means it affects them obviously in the future. Mm. Um, and the and then, but EB push it so hard because instead of making five dollars, they're making like thirty dollars, and yeah. it's such a big, you know, business for them. But to me, it's it's really unethical business, I think. Mm. Um, and so that's why I don't like. Them, particularly to buy secondhand games from them. Yeah, um, I don't buy pre-owned games out of principle, just for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not a black and white thing because I mean, we obviously we have retro systems and we buy games. I love secondhand. buying secondhand games. Yeah. So I've got a huge collection of yeah. secondhand games, but because right. of these reasons that we've talked about, mm. I refuse to buy them from EB. Yeah, and JB for that matter. Mm. JB sell pre-owned games yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean they they obviously work off the exact same model that EB work off. So, um, yeah, but I think EB's even more like their prices are even more insulting. Mm. I think um, you know, and and those deals, you know, trade in your whatever and get this much off. Like that's just even. Oh, I hate those things. It's it's such crappy business because it's like we get to put up a sign in our window that says two ninety nine for whatever console and you see the sign and you go shit that's cheap and then you realize it's when you trade in your yeah, relatively, games or relatively like new that. thing that's yeah. still worth a certain amount yeah. you know that we're going to make a lot of money off sell selling second hand and not give any money to the developers mm. um, so, <laughs> so yeah that's why I really dislike them and so that's why I would never go to EB Expo. I'm exactly as the same. well. I refuse to go to EB Expo for that yeah, reason because, because it, they're a corporation pushing an agenda. Yeah, it, it, and that's what it comes down to: the agenda of their company. Because they're a retailer, they're always going to be about selling games, and then everything that they do is going to be about selling stuff to the the consumer base. You know, mm. and I think unfortunately sometimes gamers can be quite vulnerable in terms of consumerism, you know, and I think that that's something that we need to be really aware of. I think a really good example is the pops, and we've talked about this before, those vinyl pops, mm. um, where they've like, let's take like a generic 3D model and then 
paint it a certain color to represent a character and sell it to people for $30. And we can do a hundred with the same model. So it's like minimal cost for mm. um, most profit. And they're relatively cheap in comparison to other like statues and stuff. Um, and when I first saw that, it really just made me angry because I'm like, this is taking advantage of people who love like certain things, you know, mm. and those people are vulnerable because they love those things. Mm. They've actually gotten a lot better. I think that particular company, probably because they've been so successful. Yeah, now, they're actually quite custom now. The models now yeah. are more complex and they're more representative of the characters. Yeah. Um, and so now I look at them and say, okay, fair enough. But, you know, yeah, so those early ones were just basically all the same. You know? Yeah, I never bought any of the, old, the earlier ones, but I do have probably four or five of the newer ones that, like you said, are a mm -hmm. bit more representative of what they're trying to be. Because mm. otherwise, if they just don't look anything like the thing that you like, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. And just because it says, like, whoever it is on the box, you know, and, and people love that stuff. Like, mm. it's like me, like, I see the X-Men logo and I get excited, mm. you know. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of done with, like, seeing a cyclops that's basically a guy with a blue shirt and like a red visor mm. and like that's not enough for me like if i'm gonna buy something that looks like cyclops i want it to actually really look like mm. him you mm. know and i understand that if i want a cool model i have to pay the money for it and i'm basically just refuse to buy a 20 dollar piece of trash that mm. <laughs> is essentially going to end up in the trash when i run out of space <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah, <laughs> that was, I guess, a bit of a rant, but... So no, I, I agree with this pretty is much the, everything you said. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's... I mean, you, I think we've painted the best case and worst case of what this could potentially yeah. be. And who knows, it might be entirely fine. Yeah. But, yeah, there's always that concern that maybe it isn't. And yeah. like I said, maybe people can't be as open about what they talk about in a panel because yeah. they'll get a you know a slap on the wrist for mm. saying well you can't you can't talk about eb that way mm. and even um, if it is um a case of just eb basically running the you know modern game side of things and the, the upcoming new and different side of things you know it could be a case where the organizers of pax might say be careful what you say because we don't want to lose that because that's benefiting mm. us mm. you know um and people on yeah like if we were say you know to be doing some kind of panel or something and i went on a big rant about how eb's fucking assholes <laughs> you know would that you can see how that could be potentially frowned upon and yeah. they'd be like, you know what, we're involved with EB now, maybe you shouldn't be so full on about that, yeah. you know, yeah. just keep your opinion to yourself. Yeah. And that would suck, mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been pretty negative about the whole thing, I think. Um, but one thing that did sort of excite me about the idea is that there could potentially be more and better merch, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, like... Sh pop culture stuff or, or shit you can buy yeah. within packs because honestly every single packs when a survey comes out after you've been the one thing that I always say that could improve the experience is just have more stuff you can buy yeah you know cool stuff like yeah 
models and, yeah. you know, shit like that to mm. do with video games. Yeah. And maybe EB will bring that sort of side along. Mm. Maybe um, that is a reason because the retailers that are there now seem to be, yeah, pretty small mm. um, organisations, you know, yeah. like like small shops and um, King's Comics is there, which mm. is, like, they, I think they do an awesome job. Um, but that's just one place, and mm. it's and it's comics, so it's not necessarily games, you know. Mm. Mm. Um, and that could be cool to just have more retail space, just with some different stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that could be positive. Mm. So mm. we'll see. Did I just? No, I think we said everything okay. that um, I was feeling. Did you have any particular feelings either way, Matt? It sounds like you're kind of on the. We don't know what's happening, so what's the point of talking about it? Uh, no, so I wouldn't say not what's the point of talking about it. I mean, I'd also say I'd... EB Expo was in Sydney, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so clearly I never went. And even though it's more convenient for us... Mm. You know. The the t- two times it's been on, like, people have asked me, Oh, yeah, EB Expo, yeah. are you going to go? And I'm just like, I'm just... I don't... I don't care about EB Expo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, saying, like, my family yeah. would say things like that. Like, you're not going? Like, no, why, why would I? Yeah, because yeah, to them, EB is games, yeah. and they know we're yeah. into games, so they say, well, why wouldn't you go to that? Yeah. Not knowing that we have that extra knowledge of games where we know that EB, EB is just a retailer mm. and trying to sell stuff. Yeah, yeah so. I think that's something that is, I don't know if, it, I mean, there's the whole kind of consumerism thing, which is one element, but then the other element is knowing about what's new and upcoming and I think that's something that maybe, I think people have different perspectives on. Like, for example, I was listening to the, um, what is it, Game Outsiders, Video Game Outsiders oh, yeah. podcast yeah. Um, with John from John's Arcade. And they were and talking, Michelle. yeah, hmm. they were talking about um, how people, they think people are starting to look back now and how retro gaming is having like this re- revival and mm. that um you know i mean they have very strong opinions and they're just opinions so no one should be offended about what they think but michelle the girl on there was saying how you know there's all these hipsters like playing nes's in their basements and stuff and um, <laughs> drinking their craft beers yeah, and playing the nes yeah growing their beards <laughs> <laughs> that's not us at all but no, anyway um <laughs> Yeah, and and she was kind of saying how she didn't like that people looking back thing because she feels like we should be working towards moving forward and like the new things and what pushing forward developments in gaming and she felt like it was I think they concluded that people were doing this because they were bored basically and it's kind of a similar conclusion that we've brought come to with our conversations where I think everyone agrees that modern games at the moment is kind of stagnating a little and this mm. it's not as exciting as perhaps it has been in the past and so while we are looking backwards they're getting frustrated that developers aren't pushing things further um, and so I think from their perspective they were kind of they're excited about new things that are happening and new technologies that are coming and mm. new um, mechanics that developers are working on and that sort of thing 
and they want to know about all this new stuff. Whereas from my perspective, my view on it is I don't really care until I can have it at home. Mm. Um, and so I don't get excited about new things until I can buy it on the shelf and bring it and then actually play it at home. Mm. And that's why for me, EB Expo, Expo isn't exciting because I don't really care about it until I can actually play it. Mm. I'm not going to line up for two hours to play something for five minutes and go, wow, that's really exciting. Uh, I have to wait six months or even a year before I can have it at home. Mm. I'll just wait till I can have it at home. Yeah. Um, and also, there's so much hype and sometimes you don't, it doesn't deliver. The, you know, the hype doesn't deliver. So instead of getting excited about something that may or may not happen, I'll just wait till it actually does and then... Mm then I can have it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, I guess that's why I don't get excited about EB Expo. Yeah. And why PAX is different because PAX is like, let's play some games that are out now, you know? Yeah. like And the older stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And appreciate stuff from the past too, which is still fun. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not even appreciation I mean you could say why look at the past when you can look forward the reason I would say to look back to the past is because there's so much goddamn stuff yeah and you haven't played it all yeah and there's so absolutely. much hidden gold and yeah systems I mean, you never play yeah. and things that started particular genres or or mechanics or something yeah. like that that went on to create the games we know today mm. but you can go back and you can play the original thing and go oh that's where that came from yeah and yeah. It's, i find it really interesting and i don't care when a game came out whether it was the 70s whether it was today mm. just that it's a good game yeah and i think stuff that we've talked about before is that i don't a lot of the problem I have with modern games is that they're just too long and big. Mm. Um, I just like that short, sharp experience, mm. and I always have, mm. and that lends itself more to the older games, I feel, um, rather than newer games. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Like, with, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is a great example. Like, people love that game, like, mm. to the point where their email names are based off it. And I've never played it. Mm. And so I saw it, and it was $15. And you can buy a PS3 cash converters for $30, so you spent $45, and you're playing Kingdom Hearts mm. 2. Mm. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Just because the graphics are, like, not that great compared mm. to today's standards, mm. you know. And there's, I think there's definitely um, variance in terms of how a game holds up over time because we learn about mechanics and, like, there's... Um, you know, kind of, I guess, quality of life improvements. Um, like one example, I've been watching a playthrough of Resident Evil. I watched a guy play through Resident Evil 3 recently just because I put it on and it makes me feel good just watching someone play through mm. that game. And it's got the quick turn, so you, like you press backwards in the run button and the character does a 180 turn, which is really useful, like you're running away from zombies and then you do a 180 and start shooting them. Mm. Um, in, and so I watched Resident Evil 3 and then I watched, then I wanted more. So he also played Resident Evil 2. So I go to that. Resident Evil 2 doesn't have the quick turn. Hmm. And I think he actually played them in that order too. I think he played 2 after. And he's like, oh, this shit doesn't have the quick turn. Like, ah. <laughs> And so things like that, 
is it, I guess, an example of how things, um, how do you say it, don't translate well through time or don't hold up over time. And it also makes you appreciate more the, the later games mm. because, you know, the earlier ones didn't have those, mm. those things that you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, it's also why I love watching speedruns of games because no matter the age of the game, they're still finding brand new techniques of, of trying to get through the game as fast as mm. possible. Mm. You know, you'll be watching something on Games Done Quick and the guys are there and, you know, they've been playing this game for 20 years and they're still posting, you know, new world record, new world record and they'll say like, oh yeah, we discovered this new thing like two days ago um, <laughs> and it saved like, you know, two minutes or something like that that yeah. no one ever knew about before. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's still so much stuff to, to enjoy yeah. and surprising and fun yeah. and interesting and yeah yeah I, d I don't feel it's necessary to, to limit yourself mm. to a certain timeline yeah it's like the, the graphics themselves for some reason make people feel like just because it's not updated graphics it's somehow outdated if you think about board games board games are uh, timeless in terms of people still consider really old board games as having the same value as what mm. they have now mm. you know just because it's cardboard so the art would be no different necessarily well mm. theoretically today mm. you know um, so it's a game why should it be different to you know a board game or a card game yeah um, I don't know why people think of it I mean there's always developments but it doesn't mean that it's more fun, I think. Yeah, that's right. Same with books. Books are obviously timeless because yeah. of the same, you know, words on, on a piece of paper and movies. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Mm. We could talk about that for hours. We could. <laughs> we could. And Matt would say something every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, anything else we wanted to talk about in particular? I mean, I've got this article here I could mm. talk about in the Retro Gamer magazine if we wanted to spend another 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm happy to do whatever. Are you needing to run off shortly because it's a school no. night? Or? No, it's not going to be 10 minutes. Oh, you never know. I should say one thing I was going to say was um, with my experience with the Switch in relation to your experience with your PS4 and Xbox mm. um, with downloading updates and that sort of thing. So, um, when I first got it, I didn't need to, I plugged it in, I put in Mario Kart, and I played it. Wow. And it was good. Um, but when I got Splatoon, I mean, Splatoon's an online game. It did download an update, and my internet's super, super slow, so it's not a good example, but it took two hours. Mm. I think, but my internet's really bad, like it's, downloads I get like 250 I think we talked about this mm. kilobytes or whatever yeah, we did. it's stupidly slow so anyway but that was it was kind of a similar experience though to what you had I got it home I plugged it in I switched it on update okay I let it go and then I think I had to do something else so I left it but then I came back to it the next time and then obviously it still needed to update because I couldn't leave it connected mm. um, so I let it update, I went and did something else, I played Tekken Tag because I got the Tekken Tag game. PS2, no updates. No, you can just chuck <laughs> that disc in and play. Yeah. 
Although, <laughs> having said that, I did forget to turn on autosave on Tekken. Huh. And if you don't turn on autosave, it doesn't, it doesn't save. save. So Funny that. Yeah, so I played through twice, unlocked two characters, because when you play arcade mode, you unlock a character. So I unlocked two characters, and then when I went back to it the other day, I turned it on, I'm like, where's my characters? And I went into the thing, the menu, and I went to save, and then I saw the autosave, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and I remembered that you had to do that, mm. because you only ever do it once, and once it's on, it's on. But also, wasn't that because there's no internal memory? You needed a memory card? You, you do need a memory card, but these days, it just automatically saves everything. So I didn't think, yeah. I do have the memory card and it's in there. Yeah, but I mean, I, originally back in the day, yeah. with the PS2, they yeah. probably had to do that because they had to presume maybe you didn't have a memory card. But it, no, I don't think so. I think a lot of games, when you first turn them on, they'll look for a memory card. And if yeah. there's a memory card there, well, it does that like with Time Crisis, for example. Hmm. I turn it on and it actually tells you at the start, no memory card detected if there's not one there. Hmm. And if there is one there, it says, do you want to save? And you go, yes. And then it will save a thing. And then forever up after that, it will auto save. But hmm. for some reason on Tekken, you had to go and turn on the auto save for hmm. the first time. Yeah, I remember a that. few games like that. Yeah, there probably was a bunch of games like that. Hmm. Um, ironically, both Time Crisis and Tekken have been Nam Namco. But, um, hmm. <clears throat> but yeah. I don't know, but Time Crisis definitely does it. Anyway, back to Switch. So, played Tekken Tag, download finished, made a beeping noise and I knew it finished. Played one game, went to bed. <laughs> because it was like 11 o'clock later. Yeah, yep. And then um, came back the next day, I switched it on, download update. Oh and I was like, God. you are kidding me. <laughs> and I started downloading, but it was only eight minutes. So mm. I was like, okay, mm. that's okay. But I think with Splatoon, what they do is every week they change the map. So when you play, um, there's a few different modes. There's um, standard, like normal games, and then there's ranked play. There's a ranked mode and there's a league mode. And for each mode, there's two maps. And I think part of why they do that is because it allows you to get to know the map really well. Hmm. Because there's only two in the pool. Hmm. and um, But they change every week. So because it was Monday, the second time I turned it on, the map had just uh, changed yeah, and that's okay. what the update yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that second update, I was like... Ah. <laughs> and that's what I'm worried about. When I finally do go back to RE7 or... Um, Halo 5, yeah. maybe not Halo 5 because it's a pretty old game now, I think it's two years old, maybe more, but RE7, when I pop it in, and I, like, you know, I, I get the urge to play the game, mm. I pop it in and it's going to download another four hour update or something, and then the urge will go, so, I'm we'll really, see. I'm looking forward to when you finally play it though, and we get to hear about your perspective on RE7. Mm. No, yeah, as soon as I have time, Pincade, you know. It took a bit of time. <laughs> it's over now, though. Yeah, that's true. And I'm on two weeks' holidays. You're on holidays? I am on holidays. Nice. Yeah. Um, should I run through this quickly? Yeah. So, this could either be really boring, or it might be interesting, we'll see. If it's really boring, we can just cut it out. <laughs> um, so, in this episode of... Episode... This issue of Retro Gamer Magazine, which is issue number 177. For all the people that don't know what a magazine is. <laughs> it's a papery thing with words on it. 
Um, <laughs> there's a digital version as well, but you know. Uh, so this is like a poll that they did with their readers, the greatest game systems oh, of all time. That's what the readers think. Yeah. I'm less excited now. <laughs> Let me guess, the Super Nintendo is the number one now, now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, so he's right. <laughs> Hang on, you could boldly predict your... Yeah, your is that what we just said, the game we're playing? What? Is that the game we're playing? What's, what's the oh, number one yeah. as picked by the readers? Yeah. Well, actually, it's Retro Gamer Magazine, so... It probably... You have to think about what the age bracket is. Yeah. And this is the top 30 systems of all time. <sighs> so what number... You have to choose number one. Well, I mean, if it's not the PS2, it's probably SNES. I think retro. When people won't say PS2, it's either going to be SNES or or PS One. No, it's not going to be. It's yeah, not going to be so. PlayStation because you've got to think about people that read this magazine and what age they are, and they're the kind of age that think that PlayStation is not retro. <laughs> it's I mean, who, it? like who the worst answer? <laughs> not are. saying anything. I mean, no. I don't know. Well, I think you've the, both chosen SNES. Let's. Yes. Well, I mean, I was just going to comment. If it is the NES, total bias. <laughs> Why total bias? North America. This is UK. Is it? Okay, it yeah. won't be the NES then. All right. The other, <laughs> the other game we could play. Can we? Should we start from thirty? Yeah. I think we should start from thirty. Oh, yeah. definitely start from thirty. Okay. <laughs> but the other game we could play is. If you have a favourite system, predict where it will end up in the top 30. If I have a favourite system... Mm. Oh. I can't play because I know where things oh. okay. landed. And, spoilers, I'm really disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so the C64 got 27 or something like that. That's, that's, what, that's what you're saying. I'm not saying anything until we get there. I'm going to go with... Um, I guess I have to go with the Mega Drive, even though I think there's other systems that I like more, but I feel like that's the one, that's my, like, prime of my teenage life. Not mm. teenage, my tweens. What do you call it? <laughs> Your <laughs> back in the day Yeah, prime, age. prime of my back in the day age is the Mega Drive. So, And I would say Mega CD, but I feel like that's not going to be in there because... It's too... Mega CD would be your favourite system? No, no, no. Okay. Jeez, no. I was going to say. Yeah, no. Nah. Okay, let's problems. go with Mega Drive. Okay, yeah. I think Mega Drive... Okay, well, I think it's obviously going to be beaten by both the NES and the SNES. So, it's got to be... And there's going to be a few others in there that I'm not aware of. So, I'm going to say, like, six. Okay. Remember that, because I won't. Seven. Choose one. <laughs> Choose one. I'll go seven. Okay. Seven, Mega Drive. Yep. Matt. What? C64 24. Is go. that what it was? C64 27. What did I say before? I think you said, you said 20 20 something. 24. We're not predicting the winner. We're just picking one. And, and yeah, your favourite system, where do you think it comes in the top 30? Well, it should be number one, but it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to do our own poll. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some, somewhere in the high 20s. Just, okay. just what the vibe I'm getting you from you. Just choose the number 24. Okay, yeah. Right. 
All right, we're starting with number 30. Okay. Number 30 on the greatest game systems of all time, as voted by the readers of Retro Gamer magazine, is the Switch. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Because it's so retro. Oh, it's well, all it's, time. It's just all, it's all time. time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, I guess I, I think that's cheating. It's too new. Really? I like it. <laughs> is, why, yeah. Why is that even an option? Can I change? It'll be 360. Actually, one of the one of the good experiences yeah, of change. <laughs> one of the good experiences of my weekend away was I actually took the switch um, during the day. Uh, I took it outside and just sat on one of like the banana lounges and just was playing yeah, a it's game. Pretty cool. just it's pretty cool own. that you can play modern games just yeah. wherever. Yeah. I mean, you could play Skyrim on it. Mm. Not that I would, because I think Oblivion, Oblivion is better. <laughs> Oblivion. <laughs> you know that one? Yeah, I do know Oblivion. Yeah. yeah. Number twenty-nine is the Lynx. Oh. Yeah, I only played one of those for the first time when I met with uh, Alex Boz from um, Oz Retro Game. Um, yeah, I met with Alex Boz. I think it was last year sometime. And he has a Lynx, and I got to have a bit of a play with that. Nice. I think I saw a picture of him, not of him, on Twitter. He posted a thing about, <laughs> it was like, we're going to play, have like a multiplayer Lynx session. And there was like four Lynxes with all these games. And I was mm. like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> what? There were many Lynxes can at, link, at PAX last year. Can you link yeah. them? Yeah, there was. Yeah. You can Lynx the Lynx. Yeah. Lynx them. That's probably why it's called that. Maybe? Oh no, it's because of the not. cat theme. Yeah, Atari. <laughs> yeah. Could be both. Yeah. Marketing genius. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to be 10 minutes, is it? No. <laughs> okay, 28. You wouldn't have guessed this one. Amstrad CPC 464. Sure. Is that one of those keyboard looking ones? Yeah. It's like... It, mm, yeah. I mean, it, it's a whole PC looking thing, isn't mm. it? I yeah. feel like I've been really... Um, Confident naming the Mega Drive number seven. Hmm. Mark's Let's not letting see. anything go. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why anyone would vote the Amstrad for anything. But anyway, moving on. Uh, number twenty-seven is the 3DS. So I can see that. Fiona would be probably saying that should be up a lot higher. Wait, what? What was that? 3DS. 3DS. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Wow. I feel like this there might be a dilution problem with the amount of DS systems that exist. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. I mean, Nintendo have really shot themselves in the foot for this retro um, <laughs> voting by releasing so many different versions of essentially the same thing. <laughs> it's true. If they really thought about it, they could have really taken this poll by storm. Yeah, I mean, we, let's face it, they've got the number one position no matter what we do. I'm not sure. The UK magazine, I'm not sure. 26 is the PSP. Maybe I was... Maybe I should have been more confident with my prediction of the Mega Drive. PSP is pretty cool. I've the got PSP one. is really cool. I bought that system just for Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of my favourite games of all time. I absolutely love that game. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a Silent Hill version on there, which I can't remember the name of. But that's pretty cool as well on the PSP. I think what they did with the medium, the, the discs in the plastic case, is such a good idea. Mm. I don't know why it hasn't been 
Well, I mean, I don't know. It seems like a good idea. Mm. Could you get sand in there or something? To yeah, there's this? a little window. There is a little window? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number 25 is the Neo Geo AES. I, I'm not much of a fan of Neo Geo. Really? Yeah. 2020 baseball. <laughs> I really don't like that game. Also, by the way, that is on the Switch. So there is oh, a bunch yeah. of Neo Geo games re-released on the Switch. I could have bought it on Switch, but I already bought it on the Mega Drive. <laughs> you know what sucks about that, though, is that I'm sure the Switch would be like more faithful to the arcade version. Wouldn't it be the Neo Geo Well, version? probably, which is probably exactly the arcade version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I did... I, now that I have played it again on the Mega Drive and paid more attention to the graphical stuff after talking about it, there's definitely like less animation going on. Mm. Like, for example, when the batter would come appear on the screen, they would kind of morph in from the bottom of the pad and like appear. On the Mega Drive version, they just appear, basically. Oh, right. Um, so there's some of the animations of, are not in the yeah, game. Yeah, I would have figured as much. Yeah. Considering the Neo Geo is stupidly more powerful than and Mega so Drive. Now I'm like, I could have had it on Switch. I could buy it, but then I have two copies <laughs> and on... What do I do? <laughs> it's one of those conundrums. Yeah. 24, the PC Engine. I'm not yeah. sure I've ever played a PC Engine. Yeah. They weren't a thing in Australia. I don't even know what it is. Well, this is a whole page of oh, the PC it? Engine, so I can show you without <coughs> revealing anything else. The PC Engine is... Also known as Turbo Graphics. Yeah, yeah. Turbo Graphics. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. And it's meant to have like some amazing arcade ports, like better than other 8-bit systems. So It's a shame we never really got one in Australia. Hmm. Um, okay. Oh, we're getting close to 24. Wait, that was 24. That was 24. Oh, so you're already oh, wrong. wrong. Oh, no. Let's see how wrong. You gave off the vibe. Unless the C64 so is not even in there. That'd be the <laughs> ultimate There's a upset. picture on the front cover I can see. <laughs> Must 23 be is... Maybe that might be an honourable mention. The PlayStation 3. Mm. I don't own a PlayStation 3. I do, it's just over there. Alright. It was it's Wanna a, sell it? it's been a Netflix box for about the last four years. Hmm. But it's the I, only PlayStation I don't have. I bought it to buy The Last of Us. No, I don't want to sell it. Right. Okay. I think you want to give it to me. It's gonna end up like the PS2 where there's a bunch of great games to play on it. Hmm. I mean, I guess it's already like that, but I'm still playing PS2 games. <laughs> <laughs> 22 is the PlayStation 4. Which is really? Yeah. Yeah. 21 is the Xbox. Original Xbox? The original Xbox. Okay. Who'd like that thing? I've <laughs> got a friend who loves the original Xbox. Actually, it's the same friend who I had my amazing, fun game day playing Splatoon. Alright. Louie. Hmm. Loves the original Xbox. Well, everyone has to like something, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> 20 is the Wii. Really? Yeah, I can see that. That was pretty popular. It was popular, but that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Since when do the masses know what's good? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was... The, the bowling game and Wii Tennis was absolutely... Oh, that was good? Oh, that was fantastic. You think so? Yeah, we used to have like whole game nights where we'd just play that with friends. Okay. And it was the most amazing fun. Hmm. 
it was worth buying a Wii just for that for that Wii Sports. Actually, I do have a friend that's excited to play that, and hmm. yeah. Nineteen is the Master System. I reckon that's a good spot for the Master System. It's a great console, but it shouldn't be high on the. They're list. actually quite expensive now. Like, hmm. it's hard to get one. It's sort of sub hundred dollar, like eight seventy, eighty, ninety dollars hmm. to get one. Which, which is, is interesting because there's millions of them out there. Yeah, I mean, well, the snazzy of looking at a hundred, but I feel yeah. like I feel like the price for the snazzy is partially dictated by the price of the mini snazzy. Hmm. So that's why people sell them for like a hundred dollars because the mini is like hundred twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it's sort of weird. I'd I'd like to have one, but I don't want to pay that kind of money for it. Hmm. It's got amazing games on the Master System. Some of the best arcade ports okay. um, for an 8-bit system, like R-Type, um, Bubble Bobble. Yeah. Really amazing games. There's Wonder Boy in Monsterland. Yeah. There's Wonder Boy 3. This um, is why I feel like when I was in Games Traders at Blacktown the other day, and they had a big wall of Master System games, and I thought, that looks really cool, and I know there's probably some good games there, but... I don't know what they are, so mm. I don't know what to buy. Mm. Um, and so I kind of, I was almost going to take a photo, but you guys were in New Zealand and I thought, you're going to be too busy to look, but mm. I should have taken a photo just to show you. Because if there's any good games, it's worth picking them up because they don't know what they are. Yeah. The game traders people have no idea. <laughs> I actually asked when I was in the Parramatta one, I asked the guy, oh, because the last time I went there, well, a while, ages ago, um, and I bought Moonwalker and stuff, and they had a quite like a bunch of Mega Drive games. And I said to the girl there, "Oh, you got some Mega Drive games?" She's like, "Yeah, we got a bunch of them in. It's pretty cool." And this time they had nothing. And I said to the guy, and it's definitely the guy that owns the shop. Hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, are you gonna get any more Sega games?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know, maybe." And then he's like, "I've got these, and they were Atari games." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I don't know what those are." <laughs> Yeah, but um, I don't. I think he thought they were Sega games. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now they. I think there's a few knowledgeable people. Like the the game traders local to me. There's one guy that works there who has a huge Master System and Mega Drive collection. He's really knowledgeable, but most people aren't. Even to the point where I bought a really rare game from Game Traders, which was Probotector on the Mega Drive. Yeah. Stupidly hard to find, and I think I got it for like. $15 or something. Just priced the same as any other game would be. Nice. Um, but yeah, Master System is That's awesome. the dream. Getting yeah, finding nice. the rare gem just yeah. sitting there in the mix. <laughs> 18 is the DS. Again, diluted. Just the regular DS. <laughs> just yeah. the regular DS. I wonder that how many... That was amazing. Okay, here's another we, one. We had we've, a lot of fun with the DS. How yeah. many DSs are in the top 30? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say four. Four. Okay, how many <laughs> have we had? Two? Yeah, we've already had two. Okay. Yeah, but that's the end, right? There's not going to be a DS Lite. I think there'll be two more DSs. No. Mm. Alright, we'll keep going. Well, what people are going to vote for like the 3DS and like, oh, we already had the 3DS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the new 3DS? Does that, is that yeah, different? XL. Could be. 3DS. The 2DS. Oh yeah, the 2DS. <laughs> Number 17. Surprised you didn't mention this system, Matt. 
What? The Atari 2600. I'll, I mean, I was trying not to, you know, show my own bias, I guess. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to pick the one you like the most. Yeah, C64. Oh, okay. But, okay. See, I mean, it's the, it's the machine I grew up. I mean, the first one. It's not really a good machine. It's not, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it looks cool. Like the Woody, the original yeah, the six Atari 2600 yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I never... Is it a good console? I never owned one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's... Yeah, but it's not whether it's good or not. It's how it, do you feel about it? It's the greatest system Do you get an erection when you think about it? That's <laughs> what we want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Number 16 is the PC. Oh, is that Just an the option? PC. Yeah, apparently. Really? Yeah. Which one? All of them. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, that's definitely should be number one then. <laughs> There's no way. If all of them are all the same, that's number one. There's no question. Right. Well, PCs are responsible for the cryptocurrency network. <laughs> 15 is the Game Boy Advance. Oh. Okay. So you not quite the DS. People get excited about Game Boys and I just don't... The Advance is great. Mm. Again, the Mario Kart version on, on Advance was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Can't really recall any other great Do games. Do you have any Game Boys? Uh, I yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I've got I've got my GBA still. Yeah, I think I've got all of them. I feel so. See, I had I had a Game Boy, I had a Game Boy Advance. I never owned an original I Game Boy. I don't know Boy what happened to that Game Boy until recently. Hmm. So I'd never had a Game Boy, but really, yeah, maybe. Three or four months ago, I picked one up at Game Traders. No. How much was it? Yeah, it was Game Traders. Can I, I can't remember. You don't have to say. It's not boxed. It's just by itself. Yeah, but still. No, I lied. It's. I got that it's in a liar. big box full of games and consoles that I bought somewhere from eBay, I think. And it was just in the mix, like all Commodore 64 games, and then at the bottom is this Game Boy, original oh, nice. Game Boy. Yeah. Cool. Fourteen is the Saturn. Mm. Why are people voting for the Saturn? It's the rarity that makes it desirable. I guess. Yeah. It, is, are there good games on the Saturn? I found I'm them. sure there are. Uh, yeah, I think, but I think there's also like really super rare games as well. Mm. And there's a, I listened to a podcast last week that was a Saturn podcast. Oh. Yeah. You can make a whole podcast on the Saturn. Apparently. Oh. And they've been going for a while. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they did oh, seem tired, but <laughs> but um, they were talking about reproductions and yeah, it was pretty mm. interesting, but yeah. Hmm. People love that console. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Sega has some pretty big passionate fans. I mean I'm a Sega fan, but mm. when things go beyond the Mega Drive I get less so enthusiastic. Right. Uh, number 13 is the GameCube. We've talked about the, the GameCube. GameCube. Mm. I love the GameCube. Love the GameCube. I'd love, love to the have cube. a GameCube that was once owned by Matt that was he was forced to buy by Mark mm. that will then henceforth be owned <laughs> by me except for the box which I'd love to own Mark. a GameCube box. <laughs> <laughs> but who gets the slipcase? Oh. Tra traded for one River Raid TE label. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. Henceforth, will be I'll be uh, 
charging him for every River ATE label. <laughs> <laughs> Number 12 is the Game Boy. Oh. Like I said, never owned one back in the day. I always wanted one. What? Why would never... the Game Boy be number 12 and the Game Boy Advance be... What number was it? Uh, How do you rate that? I mean, I know 15. it's based on votes, but what makes someone go... The ga- now, the Game Boy was better than the Game Boy Advance. I think Maybe people who... It's just more important. Yeah. Like it was impactful. Also, also yeah, impactful people had what them. I was going for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, back when that thing came out, it was a revolution because it wasn't mm-hmm. the first video game portable system, like actual video games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Could be wrong, but... I remember I had Desert Strike online. That was exciting. On the Game Boy? Really? And I wrote the passwords in the back of the manual. That must have looked like ass. Uh... The Game Boy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I played it. I mm. I definitely had it. I, mm. Yeah, I I also had Street Fighter. I remember that too. Oh, wow. I had Street Fighter and I had Mario. That was like the three games that I had. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I used to um, just absolutely wish I had Castlevania on the Game Boy because <laughs> I, like I said, I wanted a Game Boy but could never get one mm. for whatever reason. I can't remember now, but I used to collect pictures, screenshots of Castlevania on the Game Boy. Just because I wanted it so bad. <laughs> My old electronic gaming monthly you had magazines. A, you had a PC to get screenshots. Oh no, you cut them out of the magazine. Yeah. Right. My precious <laughs> electronic gaming monthly magazines, which I've still got most of them. But yeah, you pull them out of the I was the, just imagining you now. pressing print screen and then opening <laughs> this up was the back Painting. Before then. <laughs> you you open up the magazines and there's little holes in them and it's a bit sad. I've got a collection of magazines in my garage which are just like that. Right. Yeah. It they're, is really they're different sad. magazines, aren't they? No, they're, they're mostly actually PlayStation 1. Oh, right. Um, okay. But I think there is a couple of Mega Drive ones there. I thought it was magazines that also started with Play. No? Okay. I've never collected those ones. Right. <laughs> they're more of a sort of getting throw away, aren't they? <laughs> 11 is the ZX Spectrum. Never had one of those, still don't have one, would like to have one. Hmm. Kind of cool. I don't know it. Can I see what it looks uh, like? No, it's this one. Is that because the oh. listeners can't see what it looks like? Oh, so it's another keyboard looking one. Yeah, but it's actually really small. Is that what yeah. you call the specky? The specky. Yeah. yeah. And it's got a, the, the keys are rubber. Oh. So the program on it was so just apparently good. a huge pain in the arse. Because they're sort of soft, oh. so you're trying to type and it's just... Half of them don't work half mm, the time. That's weird. So I've heard I've never owned one. Okay. But that was that was one of the most popular systems in the UK. Oh, so it's like one of those roll-out keyboards? Except it's underneath one of the... I mean, it, it's... it's <laughs> like imagine that sort of thing, but it's in, in the case. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. Soft and squidgy. Yeah. It's like a, a two-year-old's keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all the writing that they're going to do. Number 10 is the NES. Okay. Whoa, really? Mmm. Shit. You can you tell this is a gaming mag. I thought it was going to be like number 2 at least. No, not mm. for, if it's not a UK magazine, no. I've completely misjudged my audience. <laughs> <laughs> number well, 9. The programmer audience. Number 9 huh? is the Xbox 360. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see that. 
Yeah, that was, that is, was. Is the Xbox 360 that much better than the PS3 and like PS4? That's I, that's weird. Well, it's it's older than the PS4, obviously. It's the same Not generation the as the PS3. Hmm. I thought PS3s outsold Xbox 360. Uh, um, maybe. Not that that makes it better. In but... certain regions. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it was worldwide. Like it's feeling was sort of close. Yeah, mm. but regionally. Because in Europe, PlayStation down. was bigger. US Xbox was bigger. Japan Xbox was nothing. Mm. No Japanese yeah. people bought an Xbox. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a Microsoft fan, but the 360 was one of the greatest gaming ex- experiences I've had. Mm. Like the games we play online, yeah. Left 4 Dead, etc., etc., etc. I played a lot of. I mean, I didn't have a PS3 for a long time, and well, basically bought it as I said for Last of Us. I never had it before. I've had a 360 pretty much since it came out. Mm. So. I had a Wii and I had a 360 for ages. Yeah. Alright, we're getting to the, the bits. I don't know what that I means. I feel like he's about to announce the Mega Drive Number position. 8. Well, it hasn't come off yet. <gasps> Number Even eight. if I'm one away, I'll be very oh, excited. Wait, both our picks haven't come off yet. Number 8. Mark's looking at me like very knowingly. <laughs> <laughs> Number 8 is the Commodore 64. Oh, no. <laughs> All the way back at number eight. Well, you were way off, Matt. Yeah, no, but because, like I said, the vibe he was giving, mm. Mark was giving, was really disappointing. Was a, there's another reason. There's another reason. Why you underestimated the Commodore 64's fan base. It should have been. Well, it should have been number one. <laughs> obviously, but like I said, there's there's a there's there's a bigger reason why I'm upset. What's good about the Commodore 64? It has a bajillion good games. Okay. Fair enough. Like a ridiculous amount. Can you, one day we have to sit down and you have to show me all of these games because... <laughs> On a real system? Yes. It's going to take a while. I, yeah. Okay, no. Oh, no, I've got a cartridge. Actually, the cartridge doesn't. The cartridge still takes a while to load the games, but nowhere near as long as it would okay. on the original discs. Okay. I still want to experience the tape loading experience. <laughs> You're not going to experience that from me. <laughs> I'm not going to bring out those tape You're going to take that away from me? Yes, yes I am. Jesus. You don't need to experience well, the pain I guess we won't we be did. playing any Dreamcast then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the reason why I'm dirty on this list, with Commodore 64 being number 8, mm. the system that beat it at number 7... Mega Drive. <laughs> um, Atari? Nintendo 64. Oh, why are you dirty about that? Because the Nintendo 64 is terrible. <laughs> wow. It's a horrible system. I think we just lost half our audience. <laughs> <laughs> and I realise there's a... I now realise there's, there's an age group who loved the Nintendo 64 and that's because it was the system that was out in their prime mm. years mm. of playing games. But that system was garbage. The graphics are terrible. Absolutely terrible. They're muddy... It's, the PC was out at the time playing games like Doom and amazing looking Doom games. But Doom was TD. Uh, TD. 2D. <laughs> Doom was 2D. No, it's 2.5D. It's 2.5D. <laughs> Goldeneye was 3D. See, I, I like what Nintendo tried to do, which was do 3D games. Mm. The problem is 
the Nintendo 64 wasn't powerful enough to do 3D games. They looked like... Oh, was, okay, so it just looked bad. Yeah. I think that Nintendo's thing has always never been to be at the cutting edge of graphics. I think, back then, I think that was the last time they tried to do that. Like, I think they mm. always were, and that was... Yeah, that's right. After that's that is true. when... Uh, yeah. It sort of happened. So yeah, they, I guess realized they made a big mistake with the Nintendo sixty four. Oh, it was a medium <laughs> thing, wasn't it? But then, but then no, they, GameCube. Actually, no, maybe GameCube was the last like they real did the push same for thing it. again with the really with the GameCube because they yeah they went to discs, but they went to little discs. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the size, how much they could fit on those discs, but obviously it wasn't as much as a normal size disc. Is it? Was it just normal it's, CD? It's, Do you know DVD? It was DVD. It, it's the smaller DVD. Okay, hmm. so I guess the size wasn't a problem then, really. No, but the PS2 was DVD. Like, this is the generation you're looking at. Yeah. They're all DVDs. Right. And, and but Cube had the... The little ones. The little DVD. Yeah. Hmm. That spun in the opposite direction. Did is that I? what that was? I thought yeah. that was the Dreamcast. No, that's not the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast yeah, spun the other way. had this, this special... Dreamcast wasn't DVD, it's GD-ROM. That GD-ROM, yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. I only know because you can burn them straight on CDs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to play any Dreamcast game you want. If you have a Dreamcast, you don't need anything. You just get your Dreamcast, you go to some ROM's website, you download the thing, you burn it on a disc with a particular software yeah. and you put it in the thing and it works hmm. but apparently if you use cheap discs and crappy burning like you need to slow down the burning speed to as slow as you can possibly get to uh, make yeah. it more accurate yeah it can damage over time the drive so you want to not do that hmm. not that we're um, advocating piracy <laughs> oh of course not but if you want to play a backup of a game that you already own <laughs> for mm -hmm. some reason mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just in case some reason. Well, your original game dies. That can happen. Yeah. I mean, look, I owned, I bought Marvelous Capcom on Dreamcast now, but I had it on Xbox and I made a copy to play it on Dreamcast because I didn't have an Xbox. Is that okay? I mean, that's a whole... Sorry, I what wasn't do you listening. Think? What did you say? Okay. <laughs> so I, own a, I own a game, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, on yeah. Xbox. Yeah. And I don't have an Xbox. Mm -hmm. I have a Dreamcast, mm -hmm. which I can create a backup copy of that game the Xbox on Dreamcast game. and play it on the Dreamcast. No, is that's that okay? not okay. No. Legally, it's not no. okay? No. Oh, legally, no way. But morally... But it has to be on the same system. Okay. You are breaking the law, sir. Well, I bought it now anyway. I've got the Dreamcast <laughs> oh, version too. Yes. Yep. Number six is the Amiga 500. Okay. I don't have much uh, experience with any Amiga. I always wanted an Amiga, but is that a keyboard-looking one? Yeah, yeah. It's actually the rather, rather large keyboard-looking one. <laughs> That's yeah. a. Is that the one that has the space to put the monitor on top? Just nah. about. It doesn't quite, but no. Nah, okay. Yeah. It's the Amiga's a pretty powerful system. On par, actually, it's more powerful than the Mega Drive. And would, the SNES, would that be all floppy disk? The games yeah, are floppy yeah, disk. They're yeah. three and a half now. The hard and It's floppy. got the built-in drive. Okay. Separate. Yeah. Did it have the bigger floppy disks too? No. Okay. That was the Commodore 64. I reckon there'd be a portion of people that wouldn't even know about those. Five, is it five and a five quarter? Five and a quarter, yeah. Yeah, certainly. That's crazy. There's also an eight inch disk. 
Oh, that's right. I saw one of those a while ago. Yeah. It blew me away. <laughs> Not literally. I, I guess there's blown. people that wouldn't know what laser discs are too. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. They'd be idiots. <laughs> Number five is the PlayStation Two. It's a pretty good console. That. Yeah, it's a great console. I think that's a. It has a bazillion good games. Yeah. Number four is the Dreamcast. Which wow. No way it should be that high. Yeah. It's because people who people love that console, that yeah. even though I don't why I don't know why. I like it though too, but I don't know why people like it so much. Hmm. I mean, maybe it's because you yeah, know. Not because they can just burn whatever game they want. <laughs> but seriously, you can just play anything you want. <laughs> Not that you're advocating that. Not that I'm advocating it. No. Number three is the PlayStation. Mm. One. I'm surprised the PlayStation's higher than the PlayStation 2. But It's a pretty groundbreaking system. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I remember when I first got one and loaded up that, um, that demo with the T-Rex. Yeah, along. I remember so that cool. too. I used to just leave that playing for ages. <laughs> and you spin the camera around. And... <laughs> I think I was not old enough to be able to make a choice to just leave it playing for ages, but right. I remember being like, because you could do different things, pressing buttons and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we also early on had Battle Arena Toshinden. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And that was fun. Mm. Um, and then Tekken won soon after that, and that was my first introduction to Galaga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you would yeah, play, yeah. while Tekken loaded, you would play a special stage of Galaga. I think um, Ridge Racer was the same, wasn't it? Didn't it have a Galaga? Um, I think it was a different, it might have been Galaxian or something. Uh, yeah, it was, okay. I might be wrong, but... One of Namco's games. I remember that we used to keep resetting it, because you could unlock like a special character or something by actually completing the special stage hmm. so I actually learned how to win the special stage with one ship which yeah. normally you don't really do because by the time you get to it you've usually got two ships when you play the game normally hmm. but um, it's hard to do with one ship but you can do it okay so predictions for number two well, there's only two and left. number one wait, 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 wait. if Mega Drive is not in there <laughs> no, it's got to be there I think it can't be Mega Drive can't be number one. There's no way. No, it could be. So what? What's what? What are we missing? SNES. Oh yeah, right. You both think SNES, SNES is, number is number one, one for sure. <sighs> yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it wasn't. Can my... only people from the UK vote on? No, this? it's worldwide. But uh, I think Retro Gamer Mag has more of a UK crowd. I think this magazine's quite hard to get in the US. Mm. See, this is where I start to think that Al Nilsson was not telling the whole truth because he's like, oh, by the end we had like, what did he say the percentage 60% or something like yeah. that. But I feel like maybe it's something to do with a, an overtime thing because, yeah, they had 60% at the end, but it took like so many years to get mm. to that. So yeah, absolutely. there would have been so many Nintendos sold before that happened. Mm. So anyway... What's number two? Okay. Number two is the Mega Drive. Well, so you both, well, well, I was wrong, but you were more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, number seven? I, I said seven. Yeah, I was like right. thinking that both the NES and the SNES were going to be in front of it, and mm. all this other stuff that I didn't know. 
<laughs> Typical. I guess it was a pretty big console. It and just wasn't big course, in the US. It's just in the US people just... And of course, <laughs> number, number one, one was the SNES. Which should have been the Commodore 64. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> no, the SNES is an absolutely fantastic and the game system. Are so expensive now that I can't even buy them. Mm. I bought the only SNES game I have is Shaq Fu <laughs> because I got it for ninety nine cents. Poor bastard! It's terrible. <laughs> I've played one round of that, and it sucks. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've got it on Mega Drive, and I don't think I've ever played it. <laughs> I can't bring myself to do it. But yeah, owning the SNES and the Mega Drive back in the day was like the ultimate you had the pick of all the best games and it was such a great time so yeah I'd say 2 and 1 probably from a critical perspective should be the Mega Drive and SNES but let's be honest it should be the Commodore 64 but <laughs> I'm only really dirty because the, the Nintendo 64 beat it I can't just madness. comment having never played a Commodore 64, really. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo 64. Well, I mean, but how can you... It's got Nintendo in its name, so, I mean, what can you do, really? It's not a handheld. It's an actual home console. You don't have many legs to stand on. I mean, how many people remember the Commodore 64? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest selling computer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Compared with the, the doomed failure of the Nintendo 64. I don't think it was See, a failure. It, it kind of was, wasn't it? I mean, in comparison to PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, they just got obliterated by PlayStation. Yeah, maybe that's true. That, well, yeah. yeah. But it was definitely not a failure, I don't think. Mm. Compared to maybe SNES. Oh, Yeah. I'd say compared to most of their systems, besides the Virtual Boy. What about the GameCube? Yeah, the GameCube wasn't a huge thing. It was just the beginning of the end, really. Mm. But now they're back. I'm surprised they're with still the Switch. <laughs> mm. They're surviving by their amazing first-party games. I guess the thing is, you can always compare it to something else, but that doesn't mean that just as a business on its own, it's not successful. Mm. Yeah. I mean, people love Goldeneye, and they love They're wrong. Mario 64. <laughs> no, I'm just being, you know, <laughs> <laughs> argumentative for the sake of being argumentative. But so that's, I think Goldeneye is a game that struggles to hold up. Like any N64 game. Because <laughs> they look terrible. I, I, well, I have to say, I don't, okay. I said that I don't think I could play Mario Kart 64. And I also don't think I could play through um, Super Mario 64. Mm. So maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know it has its fans. I'm, I'm just being argumentative for, this, for the sake of conversation, perhaps. I'd, I'd love but to I hear really... the, the point of view of someone who loves the N64. I mm. like the N64. I really want to play Cruisin' World again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's something that I'm sure fans of the M64 probably like, what? Why would you want to play that game? Mm. But I do. But see, yeah, I come, I come from the argument, not that I'm a Nintendo hater, because I love the SNES. I love the, I love the NES. I love the GameCube. 
I enjoyed the Wii for what it was. The Wii U I owned and sort of, I don't know, that was at the stage of me sort of petering off on the... Never played the best games. Modern Splatoon. games. Yeah, I didn't We're going to play Splatoon. Splatoon before you leave. Tonight? That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we won't. It's already nearly 11. Okay, that's fine. But we will. We'll definitely <laughs> play Splatoon at some stage. Well, I can bring my Switch now. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the, the advantages of the Switch. Mm. I'm going to walk into your house and I'm already going to be playing it on your Wi-Fi. <laughs> and you can just shove it in my face <laughs> and say, play this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on the Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. And John and Matt, you're on the forums. That's the best way to contact you guys still. Yes. It's always a good way. Yes. I mean, I'm on Twitter too, but if people want to find me, I'm sure they will. Hmm. Very ominous. <laughs> You'll be there peeking through the window. <laughs> Not two eyes, just one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you very much, and we'll see you next episode. Goodbye. Hey. We won't see them. Correct. We'll, They'll uh, hear us. Yes, that. What you said. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Shut up and sit down.